Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Obviously, for, for me, uh, this is quite a privilege to be here today uh, under some difficult circumstances. Uh, but as a professional uh, moving forward, uh, getting this team in the right direction, I know, you know, yesterday Doug had a conversation with you, had a conversation with the players. Uh, the directive to myself is pretty simple. Uh, the message to the players is going to be simple. Uh, we got to get playing better hockey here moving forward. Let's get nasty on a Thursday. It's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. It is game day. Blues centers tonight. Pre-game starting at 6 o'clock. Oh, Vladimir Tarasenko is back in the house for the Ottawa Senators. Sure is. Yeah. Going to be good to see him, huh, Jamie? Oh, yeah. Old 91? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> That was Drew Bannister, the interim head coach for your St. Louis Blues after firing Craig Berube. Today we're going to move, we're going to turn the page, okay? Today we are going to look forward. Yesterday we did a lot of the breakdown, a lot of emotions about the firing of Craig Berube. If you if you missed any of that, I suggest you go back and listen to the podcast. We do appreciate it anytime anybody goes back. But if you want our thoughts on the, the, the firing of Craig Berube, we spent nearly four hours yesterday much, yep. talking about it so we are just just a, a heads up an fyi on this we are going to look through the the windshield today not the rear view mirror oh, look at you jelly roll we appreciate yeah oh yeah <laughs> guy's a stud that's what he said that is the worst thing he goes you got to be looking through the windshield not the rear view mirror why do you think the windshield's so much bigger he's right it's not wrong jelly roll's got some jams uh well done. I didn't even mean to do that. To you be complete, no. I would have liked it if you did. I, I actually meant that he, I, I like a lot of his songs. Yeah. Anyways, Drew Bannister, you know him. Yes. You played against him. Yes. You know his his career both as a player and a coach, Jamie. Mm-hmm. What does he, What does? what's like his first thing? Well, in talking to Drew Bannister today, look, at when you come onto the scene as a new coach in any sport in, in season – especially hockey or baseball. I think it's so difficult just because you have so many games and so little practice time. Baseball would be nearly impossible, although the game's a little slower. Maybe I I don't know. Speaking up my butt a little bit on the baseball because I've never managed or played professional baseball. Yet. Correct. Mo, I'm still available. Uh, But when it comes to NHL hockey, like Drew Bannister hired the other night following the game. Mm Mm-hmm. And then yesterday, spent the whole day traveling here. Today, he's on the ice for a pregame skate. Play tonight, practice tomorrow, play Saturday. How much can you change quickly? It's very difficult, right? So, Drew Bannister this morning talking to local media, including myself. I call look myself at, media. Look at you. Look at that. Getting a big boy. Mm-hmm. All right. 
He was asked about his number one priority for the Blues, and here's what he said. I haven't had a ton of time, Jamie, uh, being able to, to sit down with the staff member <laughs> and, and go you know, over every, every system. And to be honest with you, like I said, I don't think it's something that we're, we're going to blow up. I'm sure there's going to be questions about the specialty teams. That's a big part of the game these days, and obviously the specialty teams here and especially the power play has struggled. If you watch this morning, we were out early, we were doing our touches. I think that's something that's going to change here a little bit more until we get to where we want to be. You know, the structure of the game, I, I, I don't think it's that far off of where it needs to be. I'm going to make some changes myself as I get more comfortable. Uh, I think for me, like, I have to take a step back and observe a little bit too over the next seven to ten days and, and, and see what, what needs to be done. But it still won't change the directive of we have to be a much more highly competitive team. And also the accountability process is going to come starting today. So what I liked about what Drew Bannister said, go ahead, Anthony. Well, just one quick question. Yeah. I know he's from Canada. You're from Canada. Yeah. Specialty teams? Is that a thing? Yeah. It's power play, penalty kill. What? Football, it's like punting, kicking, kick return. Specialty teams. Isn't it just special teams? No, no, they're specialty teams. Yeah. Um, especially in Canada. Correct. Like in the CFL, the specialty teams go on usually on third down, not fourth down. Hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Thank you. So what I like I'm right about, there with you, Anthony. Yeah. Thank you, Margie. Welcome back. What oh, I liked thanks. about what Drew Bannister said there was that he is focused on one specific area. Because this is the point that could be overwhelming for any coaching staff, let alone one individual coming in, is looking to fix everything immediately. You can't do that. Yep. And Anthony, I told you in the office before the show, I said, it's like going into a brand new business. You've been hired as a consultant or a new CEO of a company. The company has been hemorrhaging money. They don't know what's going on. They got great sales, but they're not making money. Your job is to come in for seven to 10 days to two weeks and talk to everybody from the bottom ranking person to the top ranking person in your company here, hockey team, and find out what they think is going on. Then you dive in, check the video, check the stats, watch the games. And before you can make any astronomical changes to whatever you're doing, you have to find out what's broken first. Mm -hmm. And I think that Drew Bannister having that very uh, disciplined mindset bodes well for this team. And the number one thing he identified was, was the power play, really. He's right. And in talking to Drew Bannister, he's like, if the, if the power play can score, score a goal a game, which is, it's a lot to say a goal a game, but if it can, think of the games you're winning. Over the course of the season so far, how many games where your power play failed to score one goal would that one goal have made a difference either to tie the game and get a point or win the game and get two? There's a lot. You might have an extra six or seven points right now in the standings. So I think it's smart for him to address that there's a deficiency right now. And as far as the touches go, when he talks about that, all that means is he had both power play units on the ice early and they're just zipping the puck around, becoming familiar with where he, each guy is, is positioned. No resistance. It's, it's not meant to be competitive at that point. It's meant for execution, moving the puck quickly, thinking of plays that they can make without resistance. And then at the end of the skate today, they had full penalty kill and the penalty kill was instructed to go hard. And Drew Bannister's message through that is we're going to compete in practice and for our power play to get better, the penalty kill has to push them. So that when the game comes around, it's not like, oh my gosh, this is difficult. It's more like, okay, I'm used to this. Mm -hmm. 
And the power play was much better this morning. Don't know if it was a coincidence. Don't know, you know, if it was whatever. But they had set plays. Robert Thomas was on his one-timer side, which he should be all the time. Braden Shan on the other. Oscar Sundquist in front of the net, popping up and down for deflections and one-timers. Very organized. And it was successful. They had like three goals in the power play practice this morning. Oh, let's practice it. Let me tell you something. They haven't scored a whole lot of goals in the game. And they haven't scored a whole lot of goals in practice because they've been there. Watching this on a daily basis and watching the power play and the power play not having any results in practice either. So if we're going to look to move the needle here just a little bit, at least practice looked better today. Better execution, better opportunities. And just to kind of drag it back to the beginning of this all, it's the head coach coming in here with a very specific direction in mind. And he talked extensively about using his staff leaning on Steve Ott, leaning on Mike Weber, leaning on the leadership group. The leadership group is huge for it, for him. And we'll get into that later in the show, but it's the first time where there's going to be a lot of skin in the game for this team. And I'll go back to the business side of things. If you have 10% of a company or 5% of a company, you're an employee, but you've been given 5% of the company and you have monthly meetings or weekly meetings, like you're way more motivated to produce to excel you got stake in the company that's right so now you can't give the players monetary compensation for having skin in the game but by bringing in the leadership group he says on a bi-weekly basis getting a temperature of the room and things that are working things are not working those guys now feel like an extension of the, the coaching staff because they know what's expected so therefore when it doesn't happen in the room you don't need to have the coaches there. The coach doesn't have to be the big bad wolf all the time. The players can now, for lack of better words, police themselves slash coach themselves because they know what the expectations are and they feel like they're a part of the solution. That's Jamie Rivers and Anthony Salter tonight. Drew Bannister will make his debut for the Blues as their interim coach as they take on the Senators pregame right here on 101 ESPN starting at 6 o'clock. We will talk to play-by-play man Chris Kerber coming up at 3.15. We also have tickets to give away for the Def Leppard concert, so want to make sure that uh, you stay tuned right here on 101 ESPN. We are getting a ton of questions about Jordan Cairo's comments about when asked today, well, what he say? When, he, when asked today, uh, his thoughts on Craig Ruby and the firing. Well, uh, he didn't mince words. We'll tell you what he said and react to it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. News, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues Insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. So instead of just reacting to what Jeremy Rutherford had tweeted out about Jordan Cairo and his comments about Craig Ruby, we just called the man himself. So, Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic, joining us right now. Jer, we know that your phone is about to die, so we'll make this short and sweet. <laughs> what can you tell us about the comments made by Jordan Cairo today at Morning Skate on Craig Ruby? Yeah, Jer, just to follow up with Anthony real quick, just kind of like the setting, the context, all that, because I the feel lighting. like... Maybe the lighting, too. I feel like it's important that we, we know exactly how you know this was going down. 
Yeah, guys, uh, you know, thanks for giving me a buzz. You act like I'm available at any time. Actually, I am. <laughs> uh, no, the, the room opened today, the Blues locker room, and there are actually a number of guys in there today. Typically, as you know, Jamie, uh, just a few guys, but today uh, looked like 10 or 12 guys sitting at their locker stall, and I noticed that Jordan was one of them. And just I've been asked so much you know, about the relationship with Craig Berube, and we all know that he's been struggling, and people are wondering, you know, is there anything there? And so I just approached uh, Jordan and sat down next to him and first started off by asking him a few questions about Drew Bannister. He played with him in San Antonio, and he said uh, he's really excited about him. And I said, hey, let me ask you about the relationship with uh, – Craig Berube. And as a reporter, you know, you've been doing that 20 years. You don't know how they're going to respond. Typically, you get a response that, you know, says a nice thing or two. Uh, you know, I've had a no comment before, but in this particular case, uh, Jordan Cairo said, I've got no comment. He's not my coach anymore. And obviously, it's telling. Um, we all know that while neither side came out and said anything uh, the last several months or past year, you know, there was some frustration on, I think, Craig Bruby's part with the player trying to get him to play that he wanted him to play. And I think in turn that led to some obviously frustration uh, for Jordan Cairo. Uh, but uh, again, the comment, very telling that he's ready to move on and probably no tears shed after uh, Craig Bruby's firing. JR, I'm not sure if there was a follow-up to that, but what did you follow up with that? Or did you just keep the feet moving at that point going, okay, point well made here? Yeah, well, so we didn't really continue to speak about that relationship. You know, just being a reporter, you got to feel for things. You can, you can ask a question, uh, but with Jordan Cairo, Jamie, you know him and talking to him, he's really short. He doesn't say a lot. And I think when you continue to probe him on certain things, he's he tends to, uh, to shut down a little bit. So, you know, he asked the question. He gave the answer. I felt like that's all that needed to be said in that moment. And, again, we continued the conversation, but nothing else in regard to Craig Ruby. Uh, JR, one last comment, then, again, we'll, we'll let you go here because we know your phone's dying. you got some work to do. But for, besides Jordan Cairo, what other sense do you have in talking to the players uh, about the about Craig Ruby being fired? Like, What sense did you get from well, them? Yeah, so the players that I talk to uh, are disappointed, but you know you got to divide the cliches from, you know, the truth and, and what they really mean. I, I think the players that I talk to genuinely are disappointed with what happened. Uh, again, it's cliche, but they feel like they a good guy, a uh, good coach lost his job. You know, are there some players in there who aren't disappointed, who are glad that there's been a change? I'm sure there's a few. Uh, I've got good relationships with players, but not to the point where they're probably just going to tell me you know, exactly how they feel in that situation. So sure. the couple I talked to were some of the younger ones, Anthony, guys who have played for Drew Bannister. They're looking forward to this opportunity. But all of them that I talked to today said, uh, you know, that they're going to really miss Chief. All right, JR, great stuff, great reporting as always. Give Jeremy a follow. I'm sure you're already doing it, but at J.P. Rutherford on Twitter, at J.P. Rutherford. Of course, JR does great work for The Athletic. We'll talk to you next week, JR. Thanks. And as illustrated, always available. Okay. <laughs> Thank Go you, plug buddy. in your phone, buddy. See ya. There you go. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider with The Athletics. So he tweeted out, and you just mentioned this, but he tweeted out, Kyra on relationship with Berube. Quote, I've got no comment. He's not my coach anymore. What's your guys' reaction to that? Because I know we all three of us have an, uh, uh, an initial reaction to mm -hmm. those comments. Marshy, you. You look like you're kind of chomping at the bit over there. Don't love it. Don't what love do you it not at love all. about it? I just think from a, a player who, from... Doug Armstrong's point 
or from his point of view, should be one of the leaders because of the contract and one of the players that this team is built around. I thought maybe there should be a little bit more grace in what he had to say. Just from a maturity standpoint, I just didn't love it. I think we all we all want athletes to like fit in this certain box, right? Mm-hmm. And say all the right things at the right time, or else then we're going to pick apart every every word that that player has to say. So I'm going to extend a little bit of um, perspective in that regard because not every player is going to be polished. Mm-hmm. Not every player oh, is going to do. I don't know do. if this has anything to do with polish. Quite honestly. I, but it does, because we're all thinking it, so let's just say it. He shouldn't have said it. That's what we're all thinking right now. Mm-hmm. It was disrespectful. He shouldn't have said it that way. He could have said anything in any other different way. The man want to stay in the cup here. I respect him. We have to move forward as a team. You can just, you could say something else along those lines. Marsh could say something else along those lines. Everybody driving or listening from the cubicle right now, they could also say, he could he should have said this. That's not how human beings operate, though. So... Should he have said something differently? Absolutely. Could he have? Absolutely. Could he have not stepped in this? Absolutely. But this is my point. We're all created differently. So Kairu is probably just being honest about the situation. It's telling. I think it speaks to his immaturity. I agree with Marsh. But I think we could pick apart anything anybody says. We did it with Mahomes for 48 hours. We could do it here with Kairu. We could do it with, with, with any athlete. I'm going to extend a little bit of perspective from that regard. Should yeah. he have said it? No, he shouldn't have. But... but- at some point, you have to have some accountability for what you say and do. It's the bottom line. And I don't like it just from the standpoint of I have always been a person that if I won't say it to your face, then I probably won't say it, which is why there's things that I say on the radio and stuff. Like, I would say it to players' faces, coaches' faces. If I'm not here to insult them. I'm not here to make them feel like crap. Sometimes people make bad plays, have bad games, make bad decisions. Yeah, And this was a bad decision for Jordan Cairo. It, it, nowhere did he need to word things the way he did. Now, is he as polished and, and, and you know mature as he should be? No. No, he's not, obviously. But you know what? Like, take a step back for a second. Is my advice to anybody, any kids or young people who are listening right now, if it's a question that you feel paints you into a corner, take a second. Pause, two, three, think about it for a second, evaluate it. Nobody's got a shot clock on you, mm-hmm. you know, and answer it honestly, but honestly in a way that is like you don't have to cause controversy. And this now, these comments, although probably very innocent for Jordan Cairo, he probably thought to himself, hey, no comment. He's not my coach anymore. I'll translate that for you. I really don't want to talk about it. And he's not the coach anymore, so why are we talking about it? Like, let's move on. Is that how you would really translate it? Uh, or do you want me to give it a spin? No, I, I'm, t- I'm trying to translate from a media standpoint, not the actual athlete's okay. thoughts. I don't think him and Craig Berube had a great relationship. Clearly. Okay, but I also had some crap relationships with some coaches, but still played hard and still went out there and did my right. job and right. understood that it didn't matter. You know what I mean? This is who he is. It's called being a professional. This is who he is. That that I think is the bigger thing, right? This is who he is. He has an opportunity 
to take an oppor- to, to take the moment, like Jamie said, take the pause, take a beat, and regardless of the the, the what happened, said the man won a Stanley Cup here. Let's move on. But this is the, the, he is showing you uh, the late great Dan Reeves used to be on our airwaves all the time. He had a relationship with our former producer Dan Betlock. Historically, reportedly, everybody knows him and Elway used to butt heads constantly. And we used to have Dan Reeves on a lot. And I finally took my opportunity to ask him about his relationship with Elway. Do you know what Dan Reeves said? He said, John Elway was an unbelievable quarterback. It was a pleasure to coach him. Do we always see eye to eye? No. But he he made me a better coach. Because that's who Dan Reeves was. We don't have to read between the lines too much to realize that this this young man is not is not mature. He he swung and miss on this. He probably thought he was being honest, okay? But you're right, Jamie, now there's some consequences. It's not a good look. I think I would have respected it more if he did say something along the lines of what you just alluded to. Like, you know, we didn't really see eye to eye, but, you know, he expected this out of me. And, you know, I I, I did what I what I thought I could do to the best of my ability. And Mm -hmm. right now I'm ready to move on and see what my new coach, Drew Bannister, can do for my game. Sure. Something along the lines of that. We get a text to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646 from the 314. This is a great question. Says, Jamie, how would you have responded to that question had you been asked about Mike Keenan after he was fired? Okay, a couple things. One, I was asked about Mike Keenan after he was fired. Because the media knew the circus that had been going on with young players of being called up and sent down and moved around and messed up and all that stuff. And all I said about it was I said, every experience is a learning experience. I was fortunate enough to have a Stanley Cup champion head coach come in here that worked really well with a lot of the veteran guys. Uh, would I have liked to have more of an opportunity? Yes, I would have. I feel like I've proved that, but it did. You know, Mike is, has a history of making young guys earn it, so maybe now I'll be better off. That's literally what I said, paraphrasing a little bit because this is a long time ago, and I just shut it down. Like, I'm not going to say, yeah, I, I can't stand the guy. Yeah, he was an ass to me. Yeah, he did things he didn't have. To. Everybody knew that, mm-hmm. but I'm certainly not going to sit here and put Mike Keenan in the same category as Craig Berube. Right, I'm yeah, just no. not because no. they're so different, totally different coaches, totally different individuals. Like Jordan Cairo, this is a moment that he's going. This is a teaching moment for Jordan Cairo. Somebody at this point, veteran player, friend, family member, somebody has to say, okay, in the future, let's word it this way. Let's do it this way. You mm-hmm. can get your point across without actually, you know, hammering it home like that. And the no comment, sometimes the no comment leaves more to the imagination than it should. Very true. You know, did they have a great relationship? I don't know if they had a great relationship. Maybe the relationship that Jordan Kyra is referring to is that of player-coach, yet maybe they had a fine relationship as individuals around the rink, around the locker room, at the hotels, like whatever. But then when it came time for game time, maybe the expectations were something that Jordan wasn't happy with. or Maybe the accountability was something that Jordan wasn't happy with. If that's the case, Drew Bannister has come in here today talking about accountability and the punishment is ice time. Out of his own mouth. 
So if certain players didn't like accountability and ice time being taken away for certain mistakes or poor play with Craig Berube, then they're not going to like Drew Bannister. They're not going to like Coach X. They're not going to like Coach Y or Coach Z. Because to be an NHL coach, you have to expect that the player can be held accountable, that they will compete, and that there are consequences for lack thereof, of either of those things. Mm -hmm. So that's why the no comment, he's not my coach, that's why it doesn't float well here. It's because it's like, oh, if a coach is difficult on you, you don't like him? That's why I don't like it. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, Anthony Salter, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We will get back into the Blues throughout the course of the show. Um, they take on the Senators tonight, pregame starting at 6 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. Dodgers are reportedly interested in Tyler Glass now. And one of the questions that uh, yeah, we, we, we posed was, are the Dodgers ruin, ruining the spirit of baseball? Everybody knows I'm not a Dodgers fan. I don't... I don't I hope this whole thing blows up in front of them, but in, in that, in terms of that question, are the Dodgers ruining the spirit of baseball? I'm going to defend them. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a pass line on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Anthony Salter. The Dodgers are interested in trading for Tyler Glass now. I'd be surprised if they traded for Tyler Glass now, only because I think they're going to sign Yamamoto. I think they're going to get them both. They might get, they might get them both. So I think Marsh pitched the idea of, are the Dodgers ruining the spirit of baseball? Some might feel that way. I am no Dodgers fan at all. Don't back them. Uh, I hope that Shohei Otani's press conference, is that, was that last night or tonight? That's tonight, right? Yeah, I believe at six Eastern time. So That's that great. Would mean that, five Central time. I think it's supposed to be outdoor outdoors. I hope it rains. Like I don't, oh, I don't like the Dodgers. I don't like what they do. Does it even rain in Los Angeles? Yeah, of yeah, course. It does it? Yeah. Yeah. You got smog. I hope it smogs all over that place. Oh. Actually, you know what? That's not healthy. I just hope it thunderstorms. Okay, oh. that's all. Anyways, are they ruining the spirit of baseball? No, I don't think so. No, this is his, this has been the way it has been for decades in baseball. If you can generate big profits, if you if you play in a big market, you can do crap like this. I don't blame the Dodgers for playing within the rules. I I blame the the sport of baseball. I blame Major League Baseball for not having a salary cap and a salary floor. But that wouldn't be good for the owners or the players, would it, Jamie? Salary cap limits what the players can get. Salary floor limits what the owners don't have to spend. Yeah. Notice how I didn't say anything about the fans. You don't care about the fans. Baseball doesn't. Baseball doesn't care about the fans. Every move that they make proves that. They don't care about you at all. Yeah. When somebody says baseball is so great, look at the great shape that they're in. Look at this team. Hey, spend $700 million on one guy. Baseball's in great shape. No, it's not. No, it's not. This this sport has never been more disconnected from its from its fans since I since since I I was born. Why is that? You've got the spending within just a few teams. You've got analytics, which we all understand are are just what data mm-hmm. information. But you have fan you have teams that are 
like only going with the data and nothing else. You've got this three true outcomes in the game, the home run, the strikeout, you know, that that whole deal, which fans are bored with. I know that Major League Baseball is at least somewhat concerned about the fans because of all the rules that, that, that have been put in place. But make no mistake, Major League Baseball does not care about you at all. No. Or the competitive spirit. So I'm not going to blame the Dodgers for it or the Phillies for it because they're playing within the confines of what Major League Baseball allows them to do. Yeah, um, it does get a little old, though, always having the same the same teams in the mix, right? I don't mean like, cause, oh, is the World Series different? But it's always the same teams in the mix. Like there's five, six teams that always are spending – and we talk about them, mm-hmm. and they're always successful. Now, define success. It means they win more games than they lose. So there is a baseball does have a problem. The problem is parity. There really isn't a lot of parity in the sport of baseball. So much so that let's just isolate the NL Central. For years and years, all you had to do is have an average to good team to win the division. That doesn't tell me there's parity. Mm-hmm. At all. It, it means that, oh, you got a weak division, so these teams don't have to spend. They don't have to try and keep up to the Dodgers or the Mets or the Phillies. They don't just have do to. Enough. Because just get in. Just got to get in the playoffs. You get your couple of gates. You're all happy, big, fat, and happy with that. Okay, we're good. And if we win a couple of games, well, you never know. So there is a problem with the sport of baseball. The players and the owners at some point are going to have to work together to solve that problem because there's only a small percentage of players that are going to play on those big market teams and make that big market money. The rest of the players at some point will become victim to smaller market teams and less money and less wins, mm-hmm. less competitive baseball. And I've always said this before that the, the, the top floor, the penthouse players will call them they're all the way up here. They're disconnected from the middle floor, and they're certainly disconnected from the bottom floor, guys. They have no idea that that, that penthouse, that hotel even has That's a, right. a basement. They, they have their own elevator, so they don't even know they there's They don't even know floor, it exists, right. Which is a problem for baseball. And, you know, hockey had the very same problem. I played on a Detroit Red Wings team that spent $95 million in payroll one year, and we played against the Oilers that were $27 million. What do you think happened? You probably took me to the woodshed. We did. Okay, and there were a number of teams that were like that, so the sport of hockey had to correct itself with a salary cap. Mm-hmm. Now that came with a full season being lost to do so. Now the owners still look for loopholes and still look for ways to cheat their own system. Don't get me wrong, but it has created more parity from a percentage standpoint of teams that can win on any given night. Does baseball have to look into something similar? The owners probably, as much as the owners say, we need a salary cap, the Dodgers don't want a salary cap. The Mets don't want a salary cap. All the teams that are spending big right now, they don't want a salary cap. You know why? Because they can outkick the coverage every time. Sure. If they want to on any given player. And the bottom feeders don't want a salary floor. Correct. Because they don't want to spend as it is. So you have a mess, is what I'm saying. I agree. You've got the top-tier players that don't want a salary cap, Mm -hmm. and you've got your mid-tier players that some of them would like to have it, some of them would, and your bottom players, your role players, they would love the salary floor because that means everybody makes more money. I know. I was one of those guys. Right. Coming out of 2004, I got a $200,000 raise because league minimum went up that much. Sure. I was like, yeah, it's all right. 
So there, there's a massive disconnect within the sport of baseball, and this is why you're having the same teams getting all the good players again. Right. And before somebody says it, somebody who probably already did, about how many different winners there have been in, in the World Series. Marsh had mentioned this the other day. I understand that there, there's a bunch of different winners in the, the, to win the World Series. Yeah. Check the top four teams. <laughs> Check the top six teams every year. How much did the year. Rangers spend? Texas Rangers. Well, not, I'm not even talking no, about spending. I, I need to know for a text that just popped up. Um, somebody's like, what the hell is he talking about? The Mets didn't make it. The Yankees didn't make it. The Padres didn't make it. Okay, fine. Then he brings up the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. The Diamondbacks were an anomaly, and the Rangers spent. How many years in a row have the Dodgers made the playoffs? How many years in a row have the, have the Astros? I'm not even talking about spending. I'm talking about. Well, I am. I'm talking you, about there needs to be no, more but you, parity. Exactly. But you're talking about parity. Yeah. Exactly. How many How many years in a row have the Dodgers made the playoffs? How many years in a row have the Astros made the playoffs? How many years years in a row did the Yankees make the playoffs before the the last two years? How many years in a row? Like, th- this is what we're talking about. We're talking about parity overall. If you're a Yankees fan, you don't care. You don't want parity. If you're a Phillies fan right now, you don't want parity. If you are, if you're a Dodgers, fan, you don't care. But the fan bases in almost every other Major League Baseball city that I didn't mention are getting screwed because the sport is set up for the high, for the big market teams to spend. And I realize the Rays have done a nice job. The Rays are the exception, and they still don't win. I was going to say, what do they win? Yeah, they haven't won. They make the playoffs consistently. And then They're they go, the anomaly. Then they look to trade all their best players after. Here's Tony. Tony left us a mic drop. Are the Dodgers ruining the spirit of baseball? Uh, a lot of people get angry about buying championships and, you know, this, that, and the other. And I think it's kind of happening in every sport. We've seen it in every major sport where they load up a team and they win a championship. That's just the way it goes sometimes nowadays. Now, is that ruining the spirit of baseball? No. I think I think putting together one of the most exciting rosters in the history of the sport is propelling the spirit. It's, it's putting it out there. More people are going to be watching the sport because you have a lineup with so many MVP caliber and actually two MVP winners in – I don't, I don't think you can ruin the spirit of baseball with that. You can ruin the spirit of competition, maybe. You could make an argument for that. But, uh, yeah. I, for one, hate the Dodgers. But you're gosh darn right I'll be tuning in to watch a couple games. Uh, it's just exciting. Fun. And, uh, honestly, I hope it all blows up in their face. But <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Tony, I look, Tony, I agree with you. I, I don't think the Do- like I said, I don't think the Dodgers are ruining the spirit of baseball. They're they're operating within the confines of baseball. I will say this though. The majority of the people will not be watching. How do I know that? Look at the World Series ratings. If you look back the World Series ratings, some of these World Series ratings don't compare to a Sunday night football game. No, you're or right. a Thursday night football game. And, you're right. and and we know there's some crap football on a Thursday night. Doesn't compare. The ratings, they'll blow out. A, a World Series game. Baseball's regional. You want more fan bases tuned into your sport for longer. It's not that difficult. But you can't have that if you constantly have the upper echelon teams that can spend at will 
and everybody else. I'm just saying this is just this is just practical. Do you think that baseball needs those upper echelon teams to be in the World Series because it at least this past World Series reminds me of the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. how at first we root for the underdogs, right? We want right. the underdogs to and win. And then you want the blue bloods. And then sure. you want the blue bloods when it really comes down to the final four. Right. Because then people sort of start tuning out because their favorite teams are not their favorite teams, but the big teams across the country aren't in the national tournament. Like, I didn't really care about UConn this year, even though they're right. a pretty what? big basketball school. Yeah. I didn't really care about UConn. You care, but you cared about you cared about my pick. Yeah. The one on one ESPN bracket challenge. I picked the I picked UConn. Yeah, I, I mean was that was too. thanks, buddy. I was really you know, really thinking me. about it. Yeah, thanks, I was. Yeah. Anthony, real quick before we cut out here, because yeah. I know we're up against it. Uh-huh. We had a text from the two one oh says the MLBPA is in the way of parody. I agree. They, I disagree. They won't agree to a cap in order to get the floor. I agree that they're part of the problem, mm-hmm. but the other part of the problem is the rich teams. They don't want the salary cap either. Mike Illich, the Detroit Red Wings owner, never, he voted against the salary cap in the Board of Governors meeting. Mm-hmm. He was one of two owners in the NHL that voted against it. Why is that, Anthony? Because he had a super team. And he that, could just buy could whatever spell, the hell he wanted. Spell. He could spend. Yeah. He could probably spell. So too. the Dodgers, the Yankees, all these teams... They'll never want a salary cap, and neither will the MLBPA. So that will create enough traction to where you may never get a salary cap of any uh, kind. Jamie, I completely agree with that. We won't. We won't. All right, what's trending is next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill to win a magical Polar Express staycation. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Gentlemen, of course, we got to talk some NBA today. Draymond Green has been suspended again for his on-court behavior, but this time it comes without a time frame for his return, and it sounds like he has a few other things that he will be dealing with as well, Jamie. Uh, Yeah, Draymond Green, well, he's got a history, let's just put it that way, from punching his own teammate in the face to (laughs) boot-stomping a guy. Oh, yeah, I think he tried to choke him, or he did choke him. No, he he popped him. The guy he pushed just him, and punched he him. sucker punched him. Old Jordan Poole. Mm. Yeah, he choked a different guy. He choked out Rudy uh, Gobert. Oh, that's right. He didn't let there me get there. There we go. My bad. Rudy Gobert wasn't his teammate at the time. No. So, if you let me proceed, it'd be just fine around here. Anyways. You already choked Rudy Gobert out? Yeah, okay. he did. And then he boot stomped another guy. And uh, then just two nights ago, I believe, he was spinning around in circles trying to act like he was being defended. And absolutely like helicopter punched a <sighs> dude like in the side of the face <sighs> slash throat. Mm, poor area. Yusuf. Yeah. That was, um, and then he tried to pass it off as he was just spinning and like, no, no, you swung around close fist and you just bashed him in the side of the face. So anyways, Draymond Green now, uh, I have never seen this, by the way. He's got to complete a some kind of a class or a course. I don't know if it's anger management or psychological evaluation. Like they term it counseling. Counseling before he's even allowed to ask to be reinstated to the NBA. This is unprecedented. 
Do you think that the punishment fits the crimes? You got to do something. But, but at this? some point, you got to do something. Oh, you said it was into incidentally, Anthony. But yeah, I could. I guess I could swing around the office, and at some point, one of you guys run into my fist. I can claim that <laughs> I was oh, just spinning around. You got to do something. Repeat offender. I mean, I, I I really don't care one way or another. I'm not like gonna die on a hill. Like, oh, this is this is what the NBA should be doing. I just you got you got to do something. At some point, Adam Silver's <laughs> got to put his huevos rancheros, his Liberty Bells on the line. Yeah. Say, look, we can't can't have this. But this is kind of like, I, I don't disagree with something having to be done. I just like, this is, it's almost like unmanageable. Okay, I completed a course online. Yeah. Did you? All right, I had counseling via Zoom because right. my insurance covers a televisit, mm-hmm. they call it. Yeah. Like, is that really helping? Probably or, not. Like, Yeah, I, I know. But I then maybe you. I'm wrong. Maybe the league has a very specific firm or group of individuals that, that they use, and then that individual has to sign off on it for the league to okay, maybe. But since it's unprecedented, I'd probably argue that they don't have all of that set up. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. I, it just... I, Good luck I, with it, Draymond. Something had to be done. I don't know what. Why don't you just go get a guy that's tougher than him and have him get beat up? No, well... You know? It's not a bad... Not a bad thought. Just bring Shaq out of retirement. There you go. Settle him down a little bit. <laughs> Do you think when it comes to the NBA, some of the drama feels like WWE-like? Because also oh. last night, Giannis dropped 64, and there was a scuffle in, you know, not on the court. It was in the, the locker room yeah, hallway, the hallway. Yeah, because he, he wanted the, the game ball, right. and the Pacers took it. Mm-hmm. Do you like, know why they took it, though? Because Oscar Shibwe scored his like first point his first point in the nba so it'd be like scoring your first nhl goal yeah and the other team takes it because one of their players scored his 400th goal or 420th goal mm-hmm. like Giannis did something it was his career high sure in a game right yes okay so career set high. a new career high t- tomorrow night you know like just grab any ball at that point, right? Right. Just, just mark it. Like yeah. guaranteed, they use more than one ball in a game. Right. Grab right. one of the balls that they use in the game mm-hmm. and claim that. And give it to Giannis. Yeah. Give that ball right to Giannis. Give the best ball to the young guy. Yeah, I agree. I think it's stupid. I'm Gotta get you. his first NBA point. Like Giannis has to remember his first NBA point. He probably like mm-hmm. it's just like a known thing, I yeah. guess. I don't know, whatever. It's manufactured drama, Anthony. Sure is. Goes to your uh, your wrestling analogy, and wrestling I think does it much better. Mm. So, well, hey, you, you could join in on this in the spirit, the holiday spirit, by helping 101 ESPN support Operation Food Search throughout the month of December. We've partnered with STL Shirt Company to offer a special 101 ESPN online merch store this month, offering 101 ESPN T-shirts hoodies, hats, and more. Plus, we brought back some of your favorite designs, including the Dunk shirts, Be Patient shirts, and Jamie Rivers and Brad Thompson jerseys. Order any 101 ESPN swag during the month of December, and proceeds from all sales will go to support Operation Food Search. Visit the 101 ESPN online merch store now at 101ESPN.com, powered by McBride Homes. NFL stock market next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three oh four. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, with Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with our NFL stock market. 
All right, gentlemen, we are doing backup quarterbacks today because it seems like it is the backup quarterback year for the NFL. We're going to start with the New York football giants buy, sell, or hold on Tommy DeVito. <laughs> go ahead, Anthony. I'm going to go ahead and sell this one. <laughs> Considering the other day I, I said that Tommy DeVito has got a three-interception game coming up in one of his next performances, whether that's this week, next week. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and sell. I know that the backup quarterback winds up being extremely popular when he has a little success, but there's a reason why these guys are backups. And I think the more games that they start, the more film that defenses and defensive coordinators have to break down, the worse off they are. So I'm going to sell. Yeah, I'm going to sell too because uh, I think the stock is about as high as it's going to possibly be at this point. The only where, the only place it can go is down. I mean, right now he's got his family there. They're all doing the Parmesan thing. And his agent is dressed up like a 1930s gangster. Like, uh-huh. this, is the, this is the pinnacle of Tommy DeVito. That's why I'm selling. All right, guys, moving on to a team that is in the playoff hunt right now, the Indianapolis Colts. Their backup is Gardner Minshew. Buy, sell, or hold? I will buy on Gardner Minshew just because, well, he's a backup. He's played now virtually all season he's uh, he's he's had previous experience he's played a lot in the nfl yeah we know we kind of know what gardner Minshew is we know what he isn't so I'll, I'll buy on him plus he's had to overcome a colts defense that is dreadful what and he's he's put some he's put but together he some pretty good he put together some pretty good uh performances including the fourth quarter and overtime against tennessee a couple of weeks ago yeah well if, i'll say overtime Fourth quarter, they blocked two punts. That wasn't really Gardner Minshew. Yeah, but he, I'm sure he was cheering them on. He certainly was. Yeah. Certainly. Yeah. Certainly. I, it's okay. Uh, he had his shirt on, and he certainly was, Jamie. Did he, though? You never know with Gardner. Yeah. True. I'll buy this one for now, too. I think that Anthony's right. And I just go back to what I said while Anthony was, was talking, too, is he's played a lot of football in the NFL. He mm-hmm. started a lot of games here. As a backup quarterback, I would argue he probably has some of the most snaps of any quarterback over the last three, four years from a backup standpoint. Sure. So, I'll buy. This will be a quick one. Let's turn to our AFC Offensive Player of the Week. Who do we got? Zach Wilson. Buy, sell, or hold. Yeah. How did that happen, by the way? Just out of curiosity. (laughs) I missed all of that for some reason. What the hell was I doing on Sunday? All you had to do was watch. Wasn't there? Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't. Sunday? I mean, who's watching a Jets game? Come on. All you had to do is all you have to do is go back and watch the third and the fourth quarter because he went very good in the first half. They scored zero point zero points in that that first half. It's hard to believe. In the second half, he just magically started to play better. I don't know. Uh, I think I think I'll pass on Zach Wilson. I don't think I ever owned Zach Wilson stock stock except for when he first came out, and I sold that long oh, ago. Did you? No, man, you I sold ditched, it at a whopping loss. I I, <laughs> I took the loss on the Zach Wilson stock and moved on quickly. Yeah, you know, licked my wounds. So, yeah. um, yeah, you know, the the time to buy Zach Wilson stock would have been before this Texans game, and now you could maybe sell it. You know, because yeah. yeah, maybe even not. Yeah, I'm just not buying at all. I'm just no. I'm selling it or holding whatever it is. I'm not buying any of this stock. <laughs> Fair hold, enough. How about hold or pass? Like, yeah, like how, pretty much. It, I was I did have the stock early. I just hold on to it now. Or, you know, I'm just going to pass. Mm-hmm. It popped up on the screen. Here, this is a good time to buy. No, yeah. I'll just pass. Well, speaking of a guy that's due for a three-interception game, mm. who do you got? Oh, Zach Wilson. Mm. Mm. 
true. You think he's going to string together two good games? I do not. Exactly. No. Uh, let's move on to the Tennessee Titans backup quarterback who took over a few weeks ago and led his team to a comeback victory against the Dolphins. Will Levis, buy, sell, or hold? Another pass for me. Will Levis, one good drive. That was it. Everything else was just disastrous. He can run around a little. Every once in a while, he'll make a, he'll make a big throw, but he's not consistent enough. He's gonna he's gonna need a lot more reps in the NFL. I'll, I'll go ahead and pass. Uh, I'm a sell. I'll sell right now. I mean, right now people are kind of hyped. They're like, well, maybe. Did you hold? Did you have? Yeah. Will Levis stock? Well, yeah. How many weeks ago was that? Where was Dan Marino? Oh, so you bought it? Oh uh, yeah, I was like, let's go, baby, let's party. <laughs> I've been hanging on to that sucker through this freaking roller coaster ride here. <laughs> now that he's finally done a few good things, I feel like I got a buyer out there somewhere for this. There you go. You know, somebody in a fantasy league somewhere is like, sure. eh, I I'll buy that. It. Yeah, he's, the, he's muscular. I'll he, buy it. You know. Yeah. So I, I'll sell. Next quarterback has a two-game win streak and is right in the thick of things for that seventh spot in the AFC. Jake Browning, or as Jamie calls him, Jake Brownie. Buy, sell, or hold? I just call him Brownie. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Well, who wouldn't? I'll, uh, it's, it's, it's a little higher these days, but I'll buy some Jake Browning stock. I think that what Zach Taylor has done was with with Browning, I thought I thought I thought I think it's been great. Early on in the in the season, I thought that defensive coordinators really had a beat on what he was doing. That's why Jamar Chase wasn't really popping off. But how can you not like Jake Browning's last two performances? Granted, against a bad Indianapolis team, but that's a tough spot for him to go on the road Monday Night Football against Jacksonville. They were hyped out of their minds. They get to midfield in their first drive, and he gets sacked on fourth and two. I mean, that could have went sideways in a hurry. And instead, Browning hang in, hung in there, mm-hmm. and wound up they wound up won, winning the game. I, I'll buy a little Jake Browning stock. Yeah, I'm buying it too, just because I think the team is good enough too around him to where, you know, it's going to give him a slight advantage that some of the other less experienced quarterbacks or young quarterbacks aren't getting that grace because their offensive line is weak or they don't have the weapons to get the ball to or hand it off to. They don't have a running game. There's something that's screwy. Yeah. And, you know, the Bengals, well, they're a well-oiled machine because they were set up to have Joe Burrow and set up to try and make a run at a Super Bowl. So now you plop old Brownie in there, and, you know, there are certain things that change, but he's still going to have some success. So. I'll buy that. Last one here. This Minnesota Vikings quarterback has made 17 career starts and has 4,552 passing yards and 24 passing touchdowns. The same amount of yards as Andrew Luck had, and Luck had one more touchdown. Nick Mullins, buy, sell, or hold. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pass on this one. Damn it. Uh, Nick Mullins. um, Boy, he saved them last week. Oh, yeah. Didn't really have to overcome too much. Three points. It certainly was huge. It's three, four points of Joshua Dobbs is going to get you. That was. So he saved them last week, but I'm going to go ahead and pass on uh, on Nicky Mullins there. The pride oh, I, of Southern Miss, if I remember correctly. I'm totally passing. 100%. <laughs> no need. Uh, all right. No need to buy. I mean, Chris Kerber is going to join us next. We'll get his thoughts not only on Craig Berube being fired, but also, of course, as we move forward here, What's next for the for the Blues? Or at least what's next for the rest of the season? Curbs will join us next here on 101 ESPN. We're right-
right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time for Curbside with the voice of the blues, Chris Kerber. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. Blue Senators tonight, pregame starting at 6 o'clock. You'll hear from Alex Ferrario, you'll hear from Joe Vitale, and of course you'll hear from the play-by-play man himself, Chris Kerber, who joins us via the 101 ESPN Celebrity Line. Kerbs, how you doing? Anthony, I'm good. Hey, are you guys at all like, uh, are you guys kind of like bread loyal? Like when you have, we have sandwich meat bread at home, like you have your go-to loaf of bread? Yeah. Yeah. I, Do you? I mean, mine's like whatever's available because I've got four kids of my own. Girlfriend's got two kids. So six kids on any given moment. It's basically whatever you kill, you can eat. So whatever bread's available, I grab. Okay. See, I'm I'm with you on that. Totally understand that completely. Like, but I've always been a whole wheat guy. My mom was on the nutrition long before it became a trend, right? We were kids. So if sugar was in like the first four ingredients on a box or high fructose corn syrup, it was never in our house, that kind of thing. Well, we had like, so I grew up on whole wheat bread. And so I go to make a sandwich today, and I got one of my daughters, she convinced me. So it's like this white, thick Italian bread, and it just totally changes the sandwich. I mean, like you said, it's kill what you can eat. So I'm eating it, and it's not bad, but I'm like, it's just not my whole wheat bread. Hmm. I'll tell you what, that, that white bread tastes, I haven't had it in ages, man. That's that's a different experience at the house. You know, Curbs, I respect you. I really do. But if you're going to trash Italian bread, uh, I don't know if we no, can this continue is, this, this conversation. Is highly, this is No, this is, not, this is not your classic kind of Italian bread. This is like that highly processed bag just Oh, okay. Stuff. All right. It's not okay. worth it. Yeah, this, yeah. Anthony's okay. Yeah. All right. I start to throw the hands <laughs> no, around okay, here, Curbs. Good. All right. All right. What's on your mind hockey-wise? Nothing's really going on there. Well, it's kind of a slow week. Kind of boring. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Curbs, I'm sure you've been asked both uh, personally and professionally and on these airwaves even, but uh, our our audience has yet to hear you talk about uh, the fire in Craig Ruby. I'm sure it's tough because you had a great relationship with Craig, and you also, I saw your tweet yesterday, I thought it was well said, about moving forward too uh, and about the expectations that the club has. But what was your, when you first heard the news, what was your reaction? I was bummed. My first reaction was, and, and Jamie will tell you, when, you can kind of sense when it, whether something's eminent or not is another story, but you could sense where that becomes one of the possible solutions to an issue. And you kind of started to get that sense a little bit. Having said that, uh, when I you know got the text that said this is happening, I, I was really bummed. Uh, bummed on a personal level uh, because I thoroughly enjoyed going to the rink, seeing Craig Baruby, talking with him, seeing him on the plane in the hotels, all, all those places. So, such an amazingly positive guy. You know, and just how he approached everything. And guys, and man, we're doing this a long time. He, he more than any coach I've ever worked for, and 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 that's not knocking the other coaches, but th- this guy understood every job and every role that everybody in the organization had to do, and he treated everybody with amazing respect. There was none of this. I don't have time for you because I'm the head coach and I need to figure out a power play. Right? It was if he was needed, he said yes, and he was there. And I, share, I shared this story, and, and I, you know, we have casino night. We have all, you know, the different. There's two or three nights a year where the whole team is asked to be there, a season ticket holder party, that kind of thing. Okay, 
he is the first head coach who had his entire coaching staff show up at each one of those events. All of them. I even asked him about it. I said, I haven't seen this before. You know, like some assistants might show up. This guy didn't. That kind of, he, they, he said, no. He goes, I believe that if we ask our players to do stuff like this, we should be there too. And the entire coaching staff this whole tenure has been at Casino Night at, at all these different events. Um, and it just shows you the understanding that it's, Yes, unfortunately, and you're judged on wins and losses. Is it's just been proven, but there is so much more to the job than just that and understanding. And, and he always did. So I was bummed. Uh, mad respect for him. I got a chance to share some time with uh, the Stanley Cup with my dad because of the coaching job that he and his staff did, and I'm, I'm forever grateful for it. And yes, we all understand the business side of this, and we we move on to Drew Bannister, but um, they're probably will not be for quite a while a more popular coaching figure. I mean, I'll tell you that I, I think that Craig Berube is going to end up being over the course of time. He's going to be in the Whitey Herzog lore of managing slash coaching when it comes to St. Louis sports. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Curbs. Chris Gerber joining us right now on the fast line on one one ESPN. Uh, I don't know if you had an opportunity to see the tweets that uh, Jeremy Rutherford put, put out there on Jordan Cairo, but on, I'll read it to you anyways. Uh, JR tweeted Cairo in relationship with Barubi. I've got no comment. He's not my coach anymore. Uh, Curbs. I don't pretend that every athlete is put in this box where they have to say everything perfectly all the time, but this is kind of jarring coming from a player that making a lot of money and you, you count on him to produce. Uh, what were your thoughts on those comments by Jordan Cairo? Yeah, you know, a little bit like, did he really just say it like that? Now it's, again, I, I wasn't in the scrum when he said it, or, you know, so I don't know the tone of voice, and I'm very careful when I read a quote uh, before I assume tone and things like that. I mean, You've all been there with us, right? How many times have we read a text from a wife or a girlfriend or somebody like that, and you're like, and you read the you read the tone of the text wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Careful on this one when it comes to that. Having said that, you know Jordan Cairo's a 25 year old young man. Jordan Cairo is still learning his way in the National Hockey League. That's evident both on the ice and off. Is there a better way to have handled that question? Yep. Is there a better way to maybe show? touch more class, more understanding of what exactly has gone on. Absolutely. Would I have done it differently? You betcha. But uh, I'm not Jordan Cairo. And I don't know fully the relationship that he had with Craig Berube or not. We know that player-coach relationships are not always good. He's not the person. He sure as hell won't be the last, you know, if that's the case. Knowing Jordan, though, the way I know him, my guess is is I what he really meant by that is I really don't want to go there. I, it's not a topic we have to worry about now because he's not coaching. Like he's not the coach right now. Um, he's not my coach. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe it was a, maybe it was daggered a little bit. I'd, I'd like to think it wasn't. But either way, I don't think it was the best of quotes from him at the time. I don't think it showed the respect of what Craig Berube did here for this team. And I'll tell you something. You know, he brought he brought Jordan Cairo along in Chicago. And then he brought him along, and under Craig Berube's head coaching, Jordan Cairo became not just a prospect, but he went from a prospect to an eight times eight player. Now, you may not like the guy. You may not have gotten along best. He might have tried to demand more than you wanted to give, and eventually Jordan will find out that he has to give exactly what Craig Berube was demanding, right, or it won't work for any coach. But you became the player you became or you could sign that contract 
while that guy was your head coach, and you sure as hell didn't do it in spite of that head coach. You did it because of him and with him. And those tug and those tug of wars that happen, that's all part of the growing up and getting to understand and get the best out of your process. So I don't really like that quote that much. I, I'd like to think that it didn't come out exactly how he meant it. I hope um, I hope that's the case. But uh, Greg Berube never railroaded Jordan in the public. You know, when Jordan was going through some of those growing pains, he, 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 yeah, he'd say every, he has to be better. But he said that about everybody, right? Mm-hmm. But there was never anything beyond that. So, yeah, that'll, that'll create a little more fun to the week, I think, for just a little <laughs> bit of a little while there. But, uh, but it, you know, there's going to be a time, and every athlete does this, where even, you know, yeah, there's some coaches like, glad I'm done with him and I'll never play for him again. Man, ask Darren Pang about playing for Mike Keenan. Ask just about anybody, most people, about playing for Mike Keenan. Ask, your, ask, your, ask Jamie about yeah, playing oh, for Mike yeah. Keenan. Yeah. Right? Okay, but more times than not, even if two guys don't figure it out, at some point along the line, they're going to realize that they were both good for each other at a given time, and I believe that's what will happen here. Curbs, um, as we move things forward here, you know, Drew Bannister down there today, his first skate, morning skate, talk with the media. Now, what were your first impressions of the coach? Well, you know what? The first thing that jumps off the page is, like, you got to park the feelings of Craig Berube and what he did and all that stuff here. And I think you really should, should can genuinely be excited for Drew Bannister. Uh, he's a player that had a, he's a guy that had a long playing career, short in the NHL of 164 games, but he played for 18 to 20 years in all the different leagues in Europe, the American League, the International Hockey League, right? And then he decided to get into coaching. Well, he went the route of three years as an assistant coach. And then when he took over as head coach of his old junior team, the Sioux Greyhounds, he took him to the second round of the playoffs. Then he took him to the finals. Then he, then he ends up in San Antonio and did pretty well with San Antonio and then through COVID, Utica, and then two years ago took Springfield to the uh, Calder Cup final. He won as a player in junior hockey. He was part of uh, the world junior champion. He's had a real wealth of experience. And I think much like anybody, as much as we're excited when a player comes in to make his NHL debut, I think this has been a long road that Drew has earned the chance that when the call came to accept it, he did. And I'm excited for his opportunity for him tonight. When you look at his Springfield teams, and Jamie, he talked to us about this this morning, you know, they are hardworking teams. He, he said that he said that over the last three years in Springfield, two years plus the 20-plus games this year, he goes, he can maybe count on one hand at the end of the game where he wasn't happy with his team's effort. And that's where things have to start here. So we'll see over time the adjustments he makes. I, I think we should be excited for him. He's been a part of the Blues organization as a coach in the minor leagues for five years now. And um, uh, and if he does bring that level – and you know what, guys, I, I talked to like – like yesterday, sitting in the locker room, there was Hugh McGing, Lexi Torovchenko, uh, Tyler Tucker, and Scott Perunovich. They all played for him. Most of them were all part of that that long championship run, right? Um, they're they're happy to see him here, and not in, in terms of they know the coach, they know what he brings. They said he brings intensity, but he brings a fairness to him, and um, he comes in with some real good knowledge of a lot of guys on this team. Kurtz, we're looking forward to listening to you tonight, not only in the pregame or in the play, the play-by-play, but also on the postgame too. Especially that you know we have an opportunity to, to watch Drew Bannister here in his first first game as the interim head coach. But again, we'll be tuned in later on tonight as Blues host the Senators. Thanks, Kurtz. 
All right, guys, thanks. And, hey, if uh, anybody wants a little more reaction, I sat down with Bernie Federico and Joe Vitale yesterday after the press conference, and uh, their, their thoughts and reactions to the coaching change are part of the, the, the last curbside episode that was put up on the podcast. So fans can check that out if they want to take in a little bit more. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks, Curbs. Okay, guys, have a great time. See you at the rink. You too. See ya. That's Chris Kerber here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We have Prove Me Wrong. If you want to do a Prove Me Wrong statement that uh, you want to hear Jamie and I try to defend or, or oppose, I should say, send it into the Air Comfort Service tax line at 314-399-9646. Again, we got Prove Me Wrong next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 101 ESPN Sports Center. I'm Andrew Marsh. It's time for a Sports Center update brought to you by Saliga Heating and Cooling. The Blues are back in action tonight, taking on the Ottawa Senators. Pre-game starts at 6, puck drop is at 7, and you can catch all the action right here on 101 ESPN. Tonight is Drew Bannister's first game as the Blues head coach. He'll be behind the bench. We talked about what the Blues will look like under Bannister earlier today. If you missed that, make sure you go to 101ESPN.com or check out the free 101 mobile app. You'll also hear our discussion with Jeremy Rutherford on Jordan Cairo's comments on Craig Berube, and we just talked with... The voice of the Blues right here on the Blues Radio Network, Chris Kerber as well. You can catch all of that on the podcast or uh, or all the interviews, and it's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We have Prove Me Wrong coming up next, so if you have a statement you want to send us, send us, send it our way to the three uh, to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Prove Me Wrong coming up next. I'm Andrew Marsh, and the Sports Center update is brought to you by Saliga. Heating and cooling. Independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning Dealer. More of what you want to hear. Sports. This is the Fast Lane. Broadcasting live from the Car Shield Studio on 101 ESPN. Before we get into Prove Me Wrong, we have your chance right now to score a pair of tickets to see Def Leppard and Journey with Cheap Trick on July 6th at Bush Stadium. Tickets for Def Leppard, Journey, Cheap Trick at Bush Stadium go on sale this Friday, December 15th, so tomorrow. Or you can text in now, 314-399-9646 for your chance to win free tickets to the show just by answering this trivia question correctly and sending that correct answer to the aforementioned Air, air comfort service tax line as well as being the 101st texter I uh, I said one quarterback has got a three interception game coming up in his future there's I said probably that, more than one <laughs> yeah but the, I said specifically this one player you did I said yeah. it uh, on Tuesday and I said it earlier today mm-hmm. so which quarterback did I say he's got a three interception game coming up in his future if you know the correct answer again 314-399-9646 you could win your free tickets to see Def Leppard on July 6th and you can also find a bonus chance to register to win tickets to see Def Leppard and Journey at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app all right the law firm of Rivers and Stalter uh is here I even got my uh you've you're dressed up for the occasion for it the honorable Andrew Marsh is taking taking his stance and uh you got a, a full caseload for us. What do you got? All right. So this one was not a prove me wrong that was sent to the Air Comfort Service text line, but I want you guys to prove this texter wrong. A little lengthy here, but bear with me. From the oh. 618, 
You guys continue to show you know nothing about Major League Baseball Thank other you. than the other than what the Cardinals tell you. Oh, baseball wow. has the most parity of any of the three sports leagues. The Diamondbacks just went from the worst to the World Series. The Giants won 100 games in 2022 and did not make the 2023 playoffs. Baseball continues to prove spend all you want doesn't mean anything but a nice regular season record. This isn't the first time the Dodgers bought a super team. Remember Crawford and Gonzalez, and it failed. Gentlemen, I want you to prove the 618 wrong. 618, I, I would like to open up uh, my my statement by saying this. We, Jamie and I, law firm of Rivers and Stalter, are only responsible for what we say, not for what you hear. Clearly, you have your own objective. You have your own mission on this because you're not paying attention. We have always said that spending doesn't equate to winning. We have also stated that... We understand that you see a lot of different World Series winners throughout the course of the year. Our argument is, how many times have the Dodgers made the, made the playoffs in the last, I don't know, decade plus? How many times have the Yankees, outside of the last two years, continually, continuously made the playoffs? How about the Astros? It's not just the World Series teams, 6-1-8. See, to create parity... You got to see different teams also make the playoffs, which we have it at Major League Baseball. And that's one of the reasons why they opened it up to another wild card team, because they also knew they had a parity problem. So your own league stated, we've got an issue here with parity. Open it up to another wild card team. So you continue to believe whatever you want, 618. Open your ears. Try listening. God gave you two ears and one mouth so that you can listen better, 618. I'm tired of it. Bam. Thank you. We know where this is headed. I thought it was Anthony and Jamie trying to defend their statements well, Jay, and the, prove the, these people wrong. I didn't know I didn't know if I didn't know Ranthony was going to show up. Yeah, so everyone wants a secret weapon. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for the extra wild card team being mentioned. You hit it. You got it right. Thank you, Judge. Uh, 618, I I appreciate you listening. From the 314, prove me wrong. The firing of Craig Berube was one of the five worst decisions for the Blues since 2020. Well, your team was not performing well this year. Bottom line, they didn't perform well last year. And we always talk about how all that matters in pro sports is what have you done for me lately. And based on that... Having a season last year where your team didn't make the postseason and a season so far this year where your power play is second last in the NHL, your special teams overall, your penalty kill is not great, and your five-on-five scoring was nowhere to be found to start the season. The line combinations have been plenty, to say the least. The pairings have been all over the place. There has been efforts to try and solve the riddle here, but there was no answer in sight, and the play of the players started to diminish along with the effort. When you're asking for accountability and more compete and more compete, and it's 10, 12 games in a row, you're asking for the same things, it's time for a change. Man, this one's tough. I'll give it to you. Sorry, Chief. (laughs) I know that one was a tough one for you. Sometimes as a lawyer, we have to take on cases we don't like. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. You laid it out. We can move. We'll just move on. (laughs) Yeah. Move on. (laughs) Should have let you answer that Uh, one. This is an interesting one from the 636. Prove me wrong. Jordan Cairo is the Blues version of Jack Flaherty. 
The fans have rightfully turned on him, and Army would be foolish to not move him before his no-trade clause kicks in if possible. No, he's not like Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty never got paid. Jordan Cairo did. Jordan Cairo has more of a responsibility, maybe, from a leadership standpoint and on-ice standpoint than even Jack Flaherty did. Everybody anointed Jack Flaherty because he was a top prospect coming in. Jack never got paid. Now, is he a little arrogant? No doubt. A little mouthy? No question. Are we glad that he failed with the Orioles? Well, I'll leave that uh, up to you. But yes. But he never got paid. So no, I don't think it's a it's an apt comparison to Jordan Kyrie. Oh, wow. I think, Anthony, you brought up the money situation. Contracts are structured different in baseball you they have are? to go through arbitration in terms of you, you know for hockey too yeah but the, the the amount of years that these guys have to spend i look at the expectations jack flaherty his expectations were to be a number one guy and mm-hmm. that is similar to what jordan Cairo is so from that standpoint i think you're wrong anthony huh. he got hurt he got hurt didn't work out anthony didn't work out didn't work out much like your uh, your statement there uh, from the 636 oh, ouch judge jeez wow. prove me wrong call for ah, this is insane dj moore and justin fields are one of the best wide receiver quarterback connections uh, go ahead anthony this you'll have fun with this one okay <clears throat> I know he's a little banged up, but Patrick Mahomes and uh, Travis Kelsey. And don't tell me Travis Kelsey's a tight end. He's a wide receiver. Tight ends actually block. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on one leg are a better duo than Justin Fields and DJ Moore. You want me to re-say this? One of the best. Not the best. One of the best. Judge how many. Name others. Judge how many many do you need for me? Anthony, you how could, much evidence Anthony, do you need you me could to just say no, and I'll hit the ding button. <laughs> Tua and Tyreek, Brock, and uh, any one of the wide receivers for the 49ers. I'll even give you Brandon Ayuk is a Baker better combination. Mayfield, Mike Evans. <laughs> you sure. could have named anybody. DJ. Desmond Ritter and Drake London, who just went off for 178 yards, are a better combination. Why did you go to the Falcons? You ruined it. You Come on, in, are you man. serious? God, you fumbled it like Alexander Madison on the Why? first drive of a game. You know he's not going to let the... Desmond Ritter's got incredible fourth quarter it. numbers. It's kind of the point. Can't play on the road, that guy. They've all got better numbers than, than Justin Fields from a passing standpoint. You blew it. I didn't blow you anything. Blew it by going back to Old Faithful. Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb. Hell, Sam Howell and uh, Terry McLaurin, probably better one-two combination. <sighs> Anthony, you had it in the bag. And then you, you mentioned Desmond Ritter, and unfortunately. But that was the that, point. Now it's the. Dang, Drake London had on, 175 yards last week. got to be fair. Okay. I think we should just end on that one. Yeah, I don't know how you so how you rebound from that. You can't. It's over. Gino and DK Metcalf. Yeah, but yeah, I said Desmond Ritter. You lost yeah. it there. Like I, he didn't even buzz it when I said Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans. Everybody like, yeah, they're better too. Then you go Desmond Ritter. He is though. This is terrible. Point? Terrible strategy. I okay. mean, just because Drake London actually did something last week doesn't mean I'm done. Doesn't mean anything. I had. I had I had the evidence. I had the evidence that my client wasn't even he wasn't even there at the time of the murder. Hey, your client's angry now. You basically put the murder weapon in his hands. 
My bad. It's terrible. Anthony, the glove fit in this case. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it did. It fit perfect. <laughs> Sometimes there's overwinning the case. All right. You tried too hard. I'll learn. Blues keys oh, yeah. to victory. And uh, first goal of the game next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Blues and Senators tonight, Enterprise Center. Jamie Rivers will be on the call, so this is his last segment with us here in the fast lane. So that means he's got to give us for some today, uh, keys to win. For today. Yeah, for today. Yeah. Just want to make sure you're clear about that. I mean, I think. You never know. Tommy wanted to see you. <laughs> Computer card may not work tomorrow. As you're going out, just stop. You know where Tommy's office is. Oh, I do, unfortunately. Keys to victory tonight for the Blues. Yeah, win. Is that good? No. Yeah. Can you talk at least give us the whole they gotta score more goals and then they allow Oh yeah, well, they score more goals than they allow. Then they allow, they win. Got now, it. In all seriousness, I think the keys to victory tonight for the Blues are get off to a good start. You got a new head coach, uh, you've got players that are either highly motivated because they want to prove the world wrong and that Craig Berube shouldn't have been fired, or you've got some players apparently that are highly motivated to prove the ex coach wrong and get out there and show what they can do with a new head coach and a fresh beginning. So get off to a good start. There's no excuse. Secondly, here with this Ottawa Senators team, they turn offense quickly. The puck goes from top of circles to far blue line in a blink of an eye. Puck management. Get pucks in deep. Get in on the forecheck. Don't be easy to defend tonight because, obviously, that'll that'll hurt your team. And three, find out where the hell Kachuk is at at all times. The guy is an absolute beast out there. Probably in the stands watching the game. There are probably quite a few in the stands, but let me be more specific. Find out where Brady Kachuk is at Ah. all times because he's a guy that can make a difference. There's a lot of high-skilled players out there, but he's just a moose. He can score goals. He can get to the front of the net. He can run you over. He can beat the snot out of you. All the above. So you should probably know where he's at at all times. And by the way, his hometown here can be highly motivated to put on a show in front of friends and family. So I would take inventory all night long, just like Lionel Richie, mm-hmm. on where Brady Kachuk is at. I like that a lot. All right, time for our first goal of the night. We'll just move on. You can keep his. You voice can in keep there. his voice. In. No, hey, come on, no, 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 this that. is a re- this We're, is no. a respect thing. All right. Yeah. We don't just erase Craig Drury from our the lives. The man won a cup. He's been so great to us, Marsh. How many times uh, did he come stop on? Stop yelling at me. Four game losing streaks, and the guy still came on here. And you disrespect him like that? I'm telling him. Regular old Jordan Kyler over here, am I right? Oh, Anthony, you stop it. Oh, Andrew Kyler. Big deal. This guy, <laughs> and he's leaving. <laughs> All right, I got Brady Kachuk scoring the first goal no, tonight. No, huh? it doesn't work that way, Anthony. Okay. No, no. <laughs> it. That's a hell of a pick, though. Thank you. Yeah. Um, no, what about right. Vladimir Tarasenko? No, I ain't choosing him. Uh, Marsh, go ahead. Uh, well, geez, I'll take Jordan Kyrou. <laughs> oh. oh, wow, that's a great call. <laughs> it actually is. It's a great call. Especially after everything today. Yeah, he's going to be going out there playing. 
a little extra jump, I think. Um, I'm going to go with Robert the Thomas. Ooh. I think that uh, those guys be buzzing. Thomas been playing good hockey lately, both ends of the ice, uh, doing good in the face-off circle, power play, penalty kill. I think not only does Robert Thomas score the first goal, I think it's a power play goal. Wow. Ugh. Okay. Had me until you said power play goal. I know. Me too. But mm. might as well try. Give me Jake from State Farm Neighbors mm. to score the first goal tonight for your St. Louis Blues. Hey, Jakey Neighbors. Yeah, Jake like Neighbors. Marsh, why don't you go ahead and update Jake us on the uh, on the uh, standings there. Yeah, Kid. it's still 1-1-0. Okay. <laughs> you know. Marsh, this is more difficult. me, yeah. Jamie. It's more mm. difficult than baseball. If we want to throw Dan in there, too, because he's been guessing. Yeah. Zero. So one one zero zero. But hey, if Colton Pareko scores tonight, we'll give it to him. To Dan? Well, he usually we picks should. Colton he usually Pareko. takes Colton Pareko. We should certainly give it to Dan. Yeah. I think he'd appreciate that. Of all people, I think Absolutely. he'd appreciate that. Yeah, we gave it to Dan. No, uh-huh. no doubt. Yeah. Okay, Blues Senators tonight. Hmm. Tonight. Bannister, the Banny. The Banny wagon. How much can he change in one night, structure-wise? How long is it going to take to kind of put his stamp on things, realistically? It'll be a while. Month? Month no, of games? I think, I think a couple of weeks here because just of the timing of it all. Like, you're going to have small patches of practices. You have the holiday coming up. You're on the road in Florida. You only get a one day off. You've got a lot of games you have to manage. The, the workload of your players, too, a little bit. You know, you push them for an hour and a half in practice when you got a game the next day. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of discussions. And this is the one thing that I really, really like about Drew Bannister so far in talking to him is he's all about it being a group effort, like discussions, communication, meetings, get the information, let's figure out a decision, and let's build from there. So I, I think that kind of structure, that kind of thought process, probably the good – the, the right approach at this point coming in, like, already into the season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well there you have it. Yeah. All right, Jamie. Big Good stuff. Tonight. Good stuff as always, kid. People don't like that. Uh... That you try to cut him out. Yeah. Yeah. What, I still don't know what the hell's wrong with you. What did he do to you? Nothing. Except be gracious. Every time you called him, hey, coach, it's Andrew Mar-. He's always nice to you. Well, he even, even slipped in a, a, a chief or two. He like did. they were on the first name basis. Mm-hmm. Man. No, it's okay. I, it's I take cool. accountability. It's not Listen, cool. Listen, Marsh, let me So defend. when Anthony leaves the show, all of a sudden we're not going to play any of Anthony's clips because we're mad at him? Like, what happened? Why am I well, leaving Why, why is Anthony leaving? Well, you know, fired, leaving, whatever what it is. What the hell? That's, that's I'm not saying it that's happens. Cruel. Anthony, it's an example. Okay? Well, I don't like your example. All right, fine. So when Marshy gets fired or leaves the show. <laughs> because of this situation. <laughs> no, that's not funny. All right. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good call. Thanks a lot, buddy. Tonight on Bally Sports Midwest. Yeah, way. probably. I yeah, did get a text uh, from the 314 that says, Marsh needs to be fired for that. Oh, We're still no. mourning. Unbelievable, kid. I said, ha, I'm sorry. People you feel oh, <laughs> I said, just kidding, though, because I don't want to be There have been, like, several that cars mean. that have pulled up outside yeah. just waiting. Yeah, a couple uh, a couple signs. Mm-hmm. says, get out of here. And one guy's got an axe. Mm. That's yeah, yeah, an axe to grind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw him uh, I saw him spraying it on himself and his buddy. Did he? Yeah. I wonder what scent it is. Well, Jamie, you're leaving. You can go help me out, right? 
Oh, I'll say he's right in there. <laughs> what you want to do is you want to walk card. in. Yeah. You want to yeah. see this white card? It'll get you anywhere you need to go. D- you'll, you'll see Jody out front. Just say, "Hey, Jody, hope hope the wheel's okay." Just, She's just, dealing with the yeah, you know Poor like Jody. a bad foot. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Jamie. We'll see you tomorrow. You BT it, stepping in. We've got the gauntlet next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Our guy Brad Thompson is with us for the rest of the show today. BT, what's up, my man? Line change. Yeah, line Rivers change. out, Thompson in. Yeah, not a strong skater, but we'll have some fun. I don't know, man. I saw you skate the one time. Yes. Did you see me stop though? No, but yeah, that was where the boards came in. Exactly. It's it's why they put them out there. Top speed is good. Darn right. Defensively, it is. I don't think I'm a sound player. You give it your all though. I could probably get an eight year deal. Yeah, you. Chances are. Maybe. It's going to be a fun two hours. Too soon? Man. No. Too soon. No. Ah, no comment. So. No comment. No hey. comment. <laughs> James is back for round two of the gauntlet here in the fast lane where it's 403. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. James beat Jamie yesterday in a thrilling one nothing victory <laughs> in baseball. What's up, James? <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? How you doing? Good. James, I, I had a one nothing victory <laughs> in football a few weeks ago, and uh, look, a win's a win's a win, but you come away from those ones feeling like uh, you stole something. Mm-hmm. So maybe you steal something again today. There you go. James, who would you like to play today? Oh, with BT. All right, BT. I mean, just got it. Just you got did. in, coach, and now I'm out. You're out for hey, you now. you got to take my chances while you're here. All right. There you shoot go. Shoot. All right, James, best of luck, man. All right, thanks, man. All right, so BT's going to make his way into the cone of silence. Yesterday, it was baseball. Today, James, what are you hoping for? Not baseball. Not baseball. Not <laughs> hockey yesterday. Not baseball. Today. Yeah, let's go with random or football. There you go. All right, so tell Marsh to spin that wheel. We'll find out what you get here. All right, Marsh, spin that wheel. All right, here we go. We're hoping for not baseball for James as he chose BT today, who is pinch hitting for, uh, well, he's just in. Foot football is that what I see? Yes, sir. All right, football, James. You're you're two for two thus far, and and hoping for not getting something and not getting it. So nice work here. All right, Marsh just gave me the launch codes. Thank you, sir. James, as you know, each question is worth two points unless you ask for the options. If you ask for the options, those questions are only worth one point. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Question number one, name the head coach that won four Super Bowls with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Name the head coach that won four Super Bowls with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's, uh, let's go with Dobson. Bill Walsh, Bill Cower, or Chuck Knoll? So Bill Cower. Final answer. Question number two. The Cowboys currently sit atop the NFC at 10-3 and three, along with the Eagles and 49ers. The last time Dallas finished at the top of the NFC was when they finished 13-3 in 2016. Who was the Cowboys' starting quarterback that season? Oh, 
what's his name? Pretty sure he's an, yeah, he's the announcer. What is his name? Man. I'm going to beat myself up over this, but let me get the options. I, I know who it is. I can picture his face. But. Options are Matt Castle, Dak Prescott, or Tony Romo. Let's do Tony Romo, final answer. All right, James, question three. Commander's quarterback Sam Howell played at which university? So where did Sam Howell go to school? Where did he play? No idea. Let's do options. <laughs> North Carolina, NC State, or Appalachian State? NC State, final answer. And question number four. The Monday Night Miracle is a game where which or where which team overcame a 30-7 fourth quarter deficit to come back and beat the Miami Dolphins 40-37? to It's a lot tougher when you're on here. You can't really think about it. Uh, <laughs> let me see. <laughs> Let's just go with the options. Options are Oakland Raiders, New York Jets, or Buffalo Bills. Let's go with the unlikely team of the New York Jets. Final answer? Final answer. Final answer. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll bring in BC right now. James, how are you feeling? You know, like I said, it's a little bit tougher when you're on here. That's for sure. Well, yesterday yesterday you won. BT is now in. You chose BT. BT is back from the cone of silence, and he's ready to rock. BT? I'm here. Football is your category. Football. Yeah, football is your category. I've had a one nothing win in football before. Yes, you have. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Uh, Marsh, go ahead and tell uh, BT what he needs to know. Yeah, pack a lunch. Okay. Question Great. one. Yeah. Brad, name the head coach that won four Super Bowls with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. Name the head coach that won four Super Bowls with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Four is a lot. Ah, uh, Bill Cowher didn't. Didn't win four. Tomlin hasn't won Chuck Noll. Um, was it Cowher? No. I, it's got to be Chuck Noll. You're gonna get those are gonna be my options. Chuck Noll. Uh, final answer. Question number two: The Cowboys currently sit atop the NFC at ten and three, along with the Eagles and the 49ers. The last time Dallas finished at the top of the NFC was when they finished 13-3 in 2016. Who was the Cowboys' starting quarterback that season? 2016 starting quarterback. I mean, I would just guess it was Tony Romo, but the fact that you're asking me this is throwing me off a little bit. I'm going to go Tony Romo, though. Uh, final answer. Question three. Don't overthink it, Anthony. There you go. It's a big key. Absolutely. Do that a lot in tests. Trust your gut. Paralysis by analysis. How'd you do on test? Um, as well as I did in school, Anthony. Okay. Yeah. So. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right there. Hey, uh, Brad. Question Practice three. Like play. <laughs> Commanders quarterback Sam Howell played at played played football at which university? Old Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Howell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you say it, I'm going to know. Uh, give me the options. North Carolina, NC State, Appalachian State. Yeah, like I said. 
North Carolina, NC State, or App, App State. I mean, App State's the outlier here. Um, but oh, you gave me two NCs. You know, those feel good. Um, give me North Carolina, final answer. Question number four, the Monday Night Miracle is a game where which team overcame a 30-7 fourth quarter deficit to come back and beat the Miami Dolphins 40-37? This is an easy one. It's supposed to be. I was thinking about it. the other miracle with Tricky Nicky. Um, <laughs> the Monday Night Miracles when this team came back. Boy, this is, this is angering me. <laughs> Give me the options, Anthony. Or Marshy. Uh, <laughs> options it. are your Oakland Raiders, the New York Jets, or the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Well, technically, they probably weren't your Oakland Raiders at the right. time. They well, are now. Newfangled fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> miracle. That would be the uh, Raiders, Jets, Bills. Cross them. That one off, maybe. Uh, give me the, give me the Jets. I mean, that seems like a, wow. The Jets and Bills are both sad for a long time. I'm gonna go Jets though. Final answer. All right, let's go over these. We'll start there. The Monday Stupid night football. The Monday night miracle <laughs> is a game where which team overcame a 30 to seven fourth quarter deficit to come back and beat the Miami Dolphins 40 to 37. James, with the options, you said the New York Football Jets. BT, with the options, you said the New York Football Jets. Correct answer is. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. 1-1 one, one tie yeah. between James and BT. Had it the whole way. Yeah, you did, buddy. The Cowboys currently sit atop the NFC at 10-3, and three, along with the Eagles and 49ers. The last time Dallas finished at, as the top uh, team in the NFC was when they finished 13-3 in 2016. Who was the Cowboys' starting quarterback that season? You both said Tony Romo, but BT, you did not, you did not use the options on this one. So another points available for you, BT. Ooh. Correct answer is yeah, it's Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott didn't get it though. Right, that rookie is a season. Shot right his, Dak Prescott. His rookie season. That was the game. I don't know if you remember, but Aaron Rodgers came up with the play, uh, basically dirt style, even though it's a turf. Came up with the play in the huddle, and came back and beat the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Rolled out to the left, I believe. Rolled out to the left. I think he hit Devontae Adams because who else? Maybe not. Yeah. Anthony, I don't remember, obviously. No. No. I don't fine. remember that James one Jones or somebody? It was, uh, it wasn't James Greg Jennings, was it? No. No. It was was another... it Donald Driver? No. It, no that was, that's going back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. I think it was, I think it was James Jones or I'll look it up. maybe the tight end. Anyway, it was Dak Prescott, though. So, we still have a 1-1 tie. Commanders quarterback Sam Howell played at, played football at which university? BT, with the options, you said North Carolina. James, you said North Carolina. State. Ooh. Correct answer is... North Carolina. He was a Tar Heel. Sure was. BT is now up by one. Comes down to this. Name the head coach that won, not one, not two, not three, but four Super Bowls with Kerry Davis's Pittsburgh Steelers. James, you said Bill Cowher. BT, you said Chuck Knoll. Uh. It's Chuck Knoll, BT wins. Or if it's any other head coach not named Bill Cower, B-team wins. If it's Bill Cower, well, we got a walk-off. James. You have chosen 
poorly. You lose! It was Chuck Knoll. BT did not need the Ooh. options on that one. BT wins 4-1 to one over James today. Sorry, James. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Hey, it's all good. You guys care if I make a plug real quick? Of course. Go for it. Keep it clean. All right. Yeah, I just want to give a shout-out to my skipper, the Cheese Fest, and the Sailors, and my family and friends that came in and are tuned in. Uh, and if you guys are looking to find a career... Uh, you know, that can help you out. Come check out one of the Navy recruiting stations in the local area. Love it. Love it. Hey, th- t- t- tell everybody, thank you for their service. Thank you for your service, uh, James. We-, we certainly appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Y'all have a good day. Thanks, James. Thanks, James. Thank you. Uh, All right. See you. Incredibly nice awesome. individual. Jamie decided not to beat him, though. You decided to, to beat uh, one of the men of our, of our Naval. Wow. Look, I feel stronger. You know, now... Wow. Is it bad? No, you got to win. You got to play to win, BT. I just want you to play to win. You got to play to win. So I feel great that it wasn't me. Yeah, because normally it's Marsh that, yeah. Look, that it, beats somebody nice. No, he has, James has the skill set to take me out back and then no one will ever find me again. Like, <laughs> right. I understand what I, I'm getting into here. I don't Not care. Not that he would. No, of course. But he, he could. Yeah, he could. Yeah. And yeah. that's the scariest thing, honestly. Having somebody were like, hey, wouldn't, yeah, could though, could. Like, like every once in a while you see that sure. that, that look in their eye, like yeah. it's like, oh, there it is, <laughs> that's it right there. By the way, the intended target from Rogers, yeah, his teammate, former yeah. Ram, Jared Cook, Jared Cook, oh, Jared Cook, so was Jared that Cook? Was he a, was he seafood or beef food? Was that him? Oh, I don't know. Did about he that. say that? I don't think so. Oh, I got seafood or beef food. Uh, who oh, was that? that? Mike Ryder's giving uh, us the thumbs yes. up on that. Oh, really? Seafood or beef food? Sounds That's like what... something Zion Williamson would say. Yeah, no kidding. Now what do you no, mean? No, he said, that? "Let's eat." Oh, who's hungry? <laughs> Put it in my mouth. These are all things he's trademarked. Anthony, yeah. don't look at me like that. He could eat the whole table. The whole table. BT Get in my belly was not with us yesterday. <laughs> no, when Craig Berube. Well, actually, technically, the night before he got fired. But we talked about it yesterday. Yeah. We're going to get BT's thoughts on this uh, absolutely dumb decision. That's next on 101 ESPN. Leading. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Thompson in for Jamie Rivers, who's heading downtown. He'll be at uh, Enterprise Center tonight for Bally Sports Midwest as the Blues take on the Senators. Don't forget, we get the pregame right here on 101 ESPN in your home of the Blues, Blues Radio Network, and we'll have the game coverage for you. BT, you weren't on with us yesterday following the firing of Craig Berube. One, were you surprised? And two, just what do you think overall? Yeah, I was surprised. Um, and look, we, we know the Blues have been struggling. They've been a very inconsistent team. There's no debating that, right? Uh, I think it's also fair to say they're not as talented of a team, Anthony, as many would like it to be. Like I feel like it, there's a lot of the orchestrating of the team Probably not as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're only as good as the team you have to work with. 
Um, that being said, first of all, I'm a huge fan of Craig Berube's. I always uh, appreciated the fact that he spent time with us on the radio weekly, and I'm sure their new coach will be contractually obligated to do the same and will like to do it. He might like to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we call it. It was right. uh, chatting with Chief. I don't know what the new one's going to be. Banter with Banter with Bannister. Banister. Hot damn, you just sold it right there. Yeah. Brought to you by possibly you. <laughs> like it's uh so but I I didn't like it. You know why I didn't like it mainly? And again, I'm not close to the situation, okay? I'm not there every day. I'm not at the rink. I should go to practice, Anthony. Yeah. I've heard that before. Absolutely. Uh but it's one of those where I feel like you you get punished for doing your job is mm-hmm. what it sounds like to me. Like like pushing people and trying to get the most out of them instead of holding your hand. So you feeling okay today, big guy? It's <laughs> like, like, hey, this is what I expect. Do your job. Right. And we heard a lot of that echoed from different players. They're captains, saying captain things. Braden Shen, I know that you guys talked about this, but paraphrasing, he said, look, uh, I, I think that everybody in this room should feel guilty and responsible. Mm. And, you know, that 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 is a reaction to your head coach getting fired. Your, your coach gets fired because you guys didn't do your job. Now, there are other situations, obviously, where a coach drops the ball, whether it be schematics or obviously has lost the room. And again, I'm not in the room, don't know for sure, but it didn't sound like that from a lot of the comments. Not all the comments, but a lot of the comments. Man, Anthony, uh, you had Bennington say, we always knew what to expect. He said, if you're not here to be great or to do what it takes to win, to make a difference, to sacrifice for your team, then get out of here. But the problem is in sports, players have the contracts, mm-hmm. they've got the long deals, and they end up having more power, whether it's right or wrong. You have the term coach, but oftentimes that player has a, a little bit more power overall. Doug Armstrong made the decision to switch things up. We know they're in a retool anyhow. I know it's frustrating when you're looking at a higher level. And, and make no mistake, Doug Armstrong doesn't do this because he doesn't want to win. Like He has to believe in his heart of hearts that this is the right move, this is the right time to bring in Bannister as the interim and, interim and try something new. I just don't like it, mainly because I like what Chief stands for. Where right. were you guys at on this? I thought it was a change just to make a change, and I don't think decisions should be made that way. That's just my opinion on it. Doug Armstrong has forgotten more hockey than I'll ever know, and he also has the, I would assume, the the beat of his team. So maybe he saw something that we couldn't see publicly outside of, of course, the on-ice play. Now, the on-ice play hasn't been great of late. They've lost four straight heading into the game tonight against the Senators, and they've lost to the likes of teams like the Blue Jackets or the Red Wings, teams they they, they should beat, right, if if they're humming. So maybe Army got a couple of players together, and the message has gotten stale, and he decided to make the move now. From an outsider, which is what I am, from an outside perspective, it looks like he, he made the change to make the change, and that was it. Otherwise, why, why else would you, would you fire him? If your expectation coming into the, the season was, we're, our expectation are there's a playoff team, not a cup contender, somewhere you know third in the division, yeah. that's kind of our expectation. And you're on that path. Well, look, if you're a fringe playoff team, fringe playoff teams go on five-game winning streaks. You're like, where's this coming from? And five-game losing streaks, you're like, I'll never win again. That's an average team. Of course. It is. And that's what you built. And that's what you built. So to kind of be getting those expectations but then say, we're not good enough, 
it feels like a change was made just to make a change. Now, it, it, generally, a change is made to make a change, Anthony, when there is a huge clamoring for it, right? Yeah. When there is a lot of noise outside of the building that had beaten down the door. I didn't hear any of this. Like, that's no. where it kind of came by a little bit of surpri- a surprise. But because, again, I, I thought I knew what the expectations were coming in. I thought they were living up to set expectations. Now, if you want to look at, like, the silver lining, the sunny side of it from a high-up organizational like standpoint. Oscar Sunquist? An Oscar Sunquist. No, higher. Okay. Uh, if you're looking at it, like, from management, Armstrong, they say if they look at this team and they believe this team is supposed to be a lot better mm-hmm. than they are currently, well, I guess that's a good thing. That they're they're not performing to the level they believe that they can, and we'll see if Drew Bannister is able to get that out of them. This is a guy that played at the highest level. He's been coaching, and he's getting a fresh opportunity too. But here is the big question here if you're Bannister taking over. You know the personality traits of Craig Berube. You know what he expected and wanted out of his players. And I would have to imagine from some of the comments that he's had already, Bannister has as he talked to the media, that he wants a lot of the same things. Mm -hmm. Do you ask for those things from your players? Or do you just be like, "Mm, didn't work for Chief. I need to be, I need to swim a different direction, even though I believe those things. Like he's put in a weird spot. As interim, you always want to get the job, Anthony. Right. You want that to be your forever gig afterwards, and maybe he's got those same things, the same beliefs that Craig Ruby has. I don't know if he goes for it. Oh, that's that. That's really interesting because yeah, do you you're, try to be friend now. Yeah, that's tough because you're right. I mean, if you, if you have certain beliefs in how to win, maybe those beliefs come later. Yeah, but you you almost have to do the exact opposite from the players that aren't performing well, and clearly they didn't get the message. Like we we could sit here and talk about. I mean, I I thought it was I thought I thought it was a, a bad decision, a poor decision, all that stuff. We talk we talk about that until we're blue in the face. But the decision has been made. So it's like, what do you do now? I you'd almost have to go in there with a fresh a fresh look and say, okay, let's sit down with a I don't know, I'll just throw out a certain like a Jordan Kyrie. Okay, yes, okay. you know, kind of just pull a name out of the right, I like that. thin air. You sit down with Jordan Kyrie and say, okay, you know, what do you want from this team? What do you want out of this role? What do you want? What do you want to see this team do? And then, kind of have a, an understanding of where these coming from. Yeah, and maybe use that to get him to buy in. And then you slowly, once you're in that respect, you slowly start to implement some of your your beliefs, so you're not being somebody you're not. Yeah, as no, a coach, that's a really good call. And I think that that part of it of having those conversations, top to bottom on the roster, but you're certainly going to do it with your core of players, mm-hmm. is an important one. I like the way that you laid it out with Jordan Cairo. I'm certainly not going to beat him over the head with you know being a complete player and being a team guy. Forget it. You right. do your thing. You know, you forget the two hundred foot player thing. Yeah, don't need you to be complete. You go. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Want to score at will? Not doing it very well right now. One hundred and thirty fourth in points in the league. I believe one hundred and ninety sixth in goals. Settle. <laughs> help me help you yeah. at this point. Right. If you have a comment for me, mm-hmm. that's the way. Maybe I would table it a little <laughs> bit better than that. Yeah, I don't know if you you could tell the the no comment rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, why don't why don't we go ahead and uh, just a talk, little bit? Why don't we talk about that? He's a young man. People make mistakes. Yeah, or he did exactly what he wanted. Yeah, and he looks like an idiot. Right, immature at the very least. That's what I said. Yeah. Similes, <laughs> similes, Anthony. Right immature there. at the the very least. Do you yeah. think it was a, a bad decision on Armstrong's part to come out and publicly say what the expectations were for this team? Like saying third place, like then you're setting yourself up for 
well, this team's only a third-place team. Yeah, I think he was honest. I think he was honest with the with what the expectations. In hindsight, yes, Marsh, to answer your question directly, yes, because then... Like, obviously, we like, want that out. Hey, you're honesty. on pace for that. Why'd you fire the coach? Well, duh, they weren't getting the job done. Like, right. It looks like, bad now, but... From a fan perspective, I like that honesty, right? But from... When you say it publicly, then what are you telling your players mm-hmm. as well? So maybe that's why we're not getting the amount of... Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the work that they're putting in because, ah, well, you know, we're just a third-place team. They get a little complacent. I'm, I'm not sure if that's the case, but yeah. it is interesting to think about. Yeah. I mean, hindsight, no, you don't you don't say third place. And then when you're kind of on track for that, fire the head coach, and then you got really nothing to it, – it looks like you're going back on what you said that's before. That's a good point. You, you end up – I would think that if I were in that situation, I'd be more generalities. Look, we're looking to play hard, yeah. put our best game out there on the ice night in and night out. Absolutely. And yeah. then Boom. we'll see what that is. Yeah. Like, oh, you missed the playoffs. Yeah, but we played hard. Mm-hmm. And that was our best game. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, what we did. It's about the process, not necessarily the results, That's although right. the results do matter. Wait till next year. Draft's coming up. Just keep, just jump, just keep jumping back and forth. Moving the goalposts. No there? doubt. Hot take or hot garbage is next. If you've got a hot take or hot garbage statement, 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. We'll play that next in the fast line. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time for Hot Take or High Garbage here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Brad Thompson, Amanda Salters, Andrew Marsh. All right, gentlemen, this one comes from the 636. Jordan Cairo on the no comment just cements he's the most overpaid, laziest, biggest blank in the history of the Blues. Hot Take or Hot oh, Garbage? Oh, I mean, they're By the way, if you, want to leave, if you want to leave us a mic drop oh, on the Jordan Cairo comments earlier today, uh, if you missed it, I can... Read them off again. Our guy Jeremy Rutherford joined the show yes. earlier. Uh, JR tweeting out a couple hours ago. Kyrie on relationship with Baruby. Oh, it should be good. This should yeah. be insightful. Quote, and Brad, let me know if what you what you get out of this. Okay. Read between the lines a little bit. But Kyrie on relationship with Baruby, courtesy of Jeremy Rutherford. Quote, I've got no comment. He's not my coach anymore. Mm. You know, I, I missed it earlier, but he says he's not my coach anymore. Not the coach. Or our coach. Just my coach. Oh, I, my I coach. missed that. I missed that earlier. Not my quarterback. Yeah. So, yeah, leave us a mic drop. We would love to hear from you on that 101 ESPN app. I know you've got that thing by now. It costs nothing, Anthony. No. I mean, if it's free, it's me. Get that app. Darn leave right. us a mic drop. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts there? To me, mm-hmm. he's just saying, I'm a peacock. I want to fly. Yeah, peacock. He just wants them. me to. They don't fly. No, I know. We'll see. He's, he's going to score six tonight. There's a good chance. Okay, so one of one of two things is going to happen. If you're Jordan Kyrie and you make that comment, you better produce. Yeah. Because we'll, you don't we'll produce. See. We'll see if he clipped your wings. Yep. You don't produce. <laughs> you still have an eight-year deal. Still have an eight-year <laughs> deal, but from a fan perspective. So that's going to be interesting tonight. Fan reaction. Mm. Dude, very rarely, and I will get into the hot take, hot garbage in a hot second, but very <laughs> rarely, Anthony, uh-huh. do you have a fan base that is on the side of the coach that is fired? 
Very Never true. does that happen. Yeah. The overwhelming on our text line right now, overwhelming on social media, overwhelming in anybody that I've spoken to in the last couple of days has been pro Craig Berube. That never happens. Now that you have this comment from one of his players, one of his players who absolutely helped him get fired, and it's basically saying, I'm glad he's gone. That's the way I interpret it. Maybe that's not the way that the young 25-year-old meant it, okay? I will give him a little bit of leeway. Maybe he didn't mean he meant that. But maybe he didn't, mm-hmm. Anthony. But I wonder what the fan reaction is going to be like tonight yeah. when he touches the puck for the first time. You know, the other thing here is that he wasn't asked right after a game. He was asked he had after time. practice. He had time. <laughs> he had uh, over 24 hours to think about he was going to get asked, he knew that. He had over 24 hours to think about it. It's not like right after a game, heat of the moment, you make a <laughs> I comment. I was expecting this. <laughs> he did? <laughs> I am caught off guard. No comment. Uh, Allow me to collect my thoughts. Yeah. No, it's not like it was right after a game, he had a poor performance, and he said something he didn't mean, and it got taken out of context. That happens, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that happens. <laughs> it does. Guys, at times in the heat of battle, yeah. come up with phrases that they thought are used <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And then next day, somebody's like, well, you can't say that. Mm-hmm. That's not a phrase. You're like, what do you mean? It's a popular uh, phrase. All the kids all the are kids. saying it. Yes. Yeah. No, they're, they're not. not. No, I was ahead of my time. <laughs> <laughs> What was the question? Or hot take or hot garbage? What was that? Well, that he hot is take. the most, most overpaid, okay. laziest, Man. blank in Blues history. That's hot garbage still. There's got to be somebody I've been a lot of Blues history. Yeah. This is, uh, and I'm not going to call him lazy. I don't know what he does. Right. Uh, he's obviously a very talented young man to have done what he's done at this level and to have gotten the contract that he did. Is there more there in his game? I hope so. And I I would like to believe that that's exactly what Craig Berube was trying to drag out of him. Mm-hmm. But you know what, Anthony? Some guys can be coached, others can't. Some guys need their hand held the entire time, saying, whatever you're doing is great. That's perfect. And we, uh, again, I'm sounding like the old guy, get off my lawn, back in my day. But really, like, the idea of hard coaching kids yeah. is going out the window quickly. Yep. Where it's just like, okay, these are all, it's all uh, showcases and tournaments. Just do your, oh, go score a lot. Go right. hit a bunch of home go runs. do your thing. I don't care if you didn't throw a strike. How hard was it? What was my spin rate? Who gives a spit? Right. Like, did you get an out? Are you winning? Mm-hmm. I think that overall in sports, we're doing a bad job of teaching kids how to win. Agreed. And care. you should care about winning. If you're heading to a game right now, you should care about winning or losing. Right. It shouldn't wreck you if you lose. You should learn from it. How do I win next time? What can mm-hmm. I do differently? Yep. You should care about the guy next to you or the girl next to you, like what they're doing and how they're doing it. And you should pump them up and you should help them. That should be a part of it. And I like to believe that those are the things that Craig Berube was well really trying to hammer in. There was a head coach who's a basketball coach. I can't remember who it was. Bobby Knight. No, it wasn't Bobby Knight. Chairman himself. Mm-hmm. No, he was. No, it wasn't Rest Bobby Knight. No, it was a current head coach, current program. I think it was one of the bigger programs. But okay. he was talking about how, do you, hey, listen, score, it, you know, the, the, the best players are going to play. However, if you want to be a scorer, what do you have to do? You have to become a better shooter. You have to be trustworthy. So what do you have to do to become a better shooter? Practice. Do it in practice. You earn that trust. Get those opportunities to become a better shooter. Like It, it was all practical. But in today's day and age, it's almost like unfathomable. What? I lie, but I'm a shooter. 
That's what well, I do. Why? why? What? what Look, look, this, this is what I do. This 200 am defense, mm -hmm. you pay daddy to score, okay? And <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Here's the problem. You're not scoring there, daddy. Uh, oh, yeah? yeah? Well, it's because you keep asking me to do all these other things. I don't have time to worry about that guy scoring. It's part of the game. Worry, part of your game, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here. You be you. Tied for 134th in points, you know, 196th in goals. I need to do better, and it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> You're a problem. Again, just interpreting things. Sure. Don't know. Yeah. Outside looking in, Anthony. Nah, well said. From the 636, I got a hot take. Love Paul Goldschmidt and would be happy if he was re-signed. But if I was GM, I'd let him walk after the season and use that money for Cor Corbin Burns next offseason. Oh, I do like Corbin Burns. So what's the hot take or hot garbage? Uh, that does, that does you let like Paul Gold, Gold, that, well, that you let Paul Goldschmidt go. I don't know if you need to let Paul Goldschmidt go in order to sign Corbin you Burns. You can do both. Well, yeah. If you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> you can do both. What do you mean? Well, well. Can no. they do both? No, there's a good Absolutely chance. They can. I mean, right now, will chances they, are will they do both. You got you Lance can... Lynn coming off the books next year. Yeah. You've got Gibby Gibson Sorry, coming Kyle off the books Gibson. next year. Bring him back. They're supposed to be. Really helpful for this rotation. Marsh, come on. You can do um, both. Yeah, you could absolutely do both. And in your extension of Paul Goldschmidt, which could very well happen in spring training, who knows? I would expect it to, but I don't know anything. Um, yes, you, you could do. get him to take a million dollars and then just defer the rest of it. That's the future, ladies and gentlemen. Deferred money. Defer all of it. That was surprising. <laughs> How? How are you going to do this? So at some point you gotta pay the piper, right? Are you not going to have a team in the, 2034? Well, that that was the interesting concept too of the the opt-out for Otani that he can opt out if Friedman is gone. The, yeah. the president of baseball operations or the owner right. is gone. He can opt out. Like that's what? I what is happening? I don't get it. I don't get it. Do they know the future of baseball and they're just going to get rid of everything? There's they are either so smart, they're yes. on another level, or they overthought this yeah. and they are not thinking about the disaster that could be coming here. It, it, it is 68 a year deferred, yeah. right? For the next 10 years after per that? Per year. Is there, I don't know the answer to this, Anthony. I'm just kind of spitballing here. Can you restructure deferred payments? I'm sure you can. But that seems but why unfair. Would you? Well, why would you have your Shohei? And he agreed to no interest on that puppy, too. Did he really? Yeah. He's not getting yeah, interest yeah. on it. That's pretty nice. Like, Bobby Bo, is, he's, just get, he's collecting the interest at this point. Yeah, that's been intelligent. Now, I think that Shohei's going to be able to eat still since he I think uh, be okay. allegedly makes over 50 a year off the field. Yeah. So that helps. My word. All right. I don't think we really did hot take or hot well, garbage. Maybe next. Eh, and your Kyru. Like did you guys send poo. any Kairos in? I'm interested because maybe I'm way off on this. Maybe there's a lot of Kairu defenders in on the mic drop. I don't think Where it's just so. like, hey, this, kid, rolling this in. kid can score. Yeah. And you need to quit telling him to do all these other things. Like, huh. that's where I want that educated hockey take sure. that's telling me I'm stupid, Anthony. I don't think you're going to get it. I know I'm stupid. Right. I want you to confirm it. Mm -hmm. Well mm -hmm. said. That's Brad Thompson. I'm Anthony Stalter. Most important Cardinals position player net for next Ooh. season. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. So we got some mic drops coming in for Cairo. Marshy. All right. Yeah, we certainly do. We got some texts coming in, too, by the way, that have been pro Cairo. Seriously. Okay. Some coming in that have been saying, hey, look, I want to see this young man get to play his offensive game with, mm-hmm. without anybody holding him back. So we'll right. see. There we'll you see go. where these mic drops are. Excellent. So um, I threw out, I teased the most position, the, the uh, most important yeah, position player for the Cardinals. So we'll get to that. But we did ask for mic drops. So I think it would be rude, BT, if we just didn't, didn't play him. Well, I'll tell you what. Bunch you, of jerks. You, you zigged when I expect you to zag. I thought we were going cardinal conversation. We were going to dig in. You were going to mm-hmm. give me a take. I was going to say, that takes dumb. Take right. this one. What? But let's do this. Let's. Oh, we can do that next segment. Okay. Boom, boom, back and forth. Let's hear from Jake on Cairo. First off, thought it was a little disrespectful to Chief. All you had to say was, you know, we had a great time and some good memories, but we got to move on and get our head focused. Uh, second off, Stalls, I love you pointing out the my part. Thank you. And not our coach, because I wanted to say something about that. Uh, sounds like he's a little upset about his production down and him sliding down in the lines because of that. Um, I understand he's played better defense, but just talking solely on his offense and the, the him game, because it sounds like it's more of a me over we mentality here. Yeah, uh, great call, Jake. I, and I and you probably picked it up right away, Jake. I did not, but when I was reading it again, I've got no comment. He's not my coach anymore. I just that sticks out to me. No, it's it's. Uh, would you say that he's not my coach anymore? No, I'd say he's our. Our. He's yeah. not our coach anymore. Because because I would th- try to think of myself as a team player. So when right. things happen with a team, that's ours, not sure. mine. Ours. Right. So that actually that might be a deeper rooted issue, Anthony. I mean, this I could be. On Earth did you just here. did you just do a little mining right there? I, I didn't realize. You found I an I guy. You know, there's no I in team, but yeah. there's a me, Anthony. There's an M and an E. It sure is. Sure. By the way, we get a text here uh, piggybacking off of that, and this one's just kind of going the other direction, really. From the three one four, it said in Cairo's head, he took the high road by saying no comment. What he wanted to say was, "Thank goodness I don't have to play for a coach that expects me to play defense anymore." <laughs> So maybe <laughs> I didn't know where you're going with maybe that, but he took the you landed road. the plane. Nice yeah. job. Yeah. All right. Let's hear from Michael. Now there is an I in Michael and an M and an E. So Michael's got us uh, covered here. Up until now, I wanted to give Kairu the benefit of the doubt. I wanted to believe that he really was trying uh, to change the way that he plays and to start committing to more of a two-way game. But you know, these comments just kind of cement uh for me that you know he really wasn't buying into the type of hockey that baruby and the rest of the coaching staff wanted him to play he never bought into really being a two-way player and playing hard-nosed hockey the way that uh, you know you need to play in order to win games in the nhl so to me this just lets me know that he obviously wasn't uh, buying into whatever baruby was trying to tell him that he needed to change in his game so what do you do, Anthony? Like, that's the question. If, in fact, that is true, and I'm sure those conversations had happened with not just Kairou, okay, but mm-hmm. uh, all the players, or at least your leadership core and the front office, and certainly they're going to happen, as you mentioned earlier, uh, with, with Bannister, the interim head coach, and some of these players. But what do you do? Like, And, again, I, I think that he brought up a great point there. It wasn't just... Ruby was all the coaching staff. This was their coaching philosophy of how they wanted specifically Kairu to play, but we're talking about everybody here. Do you now change your philosophy when it comes to some players? No, you can't. You can't. And I'm not saying, but before I speak here, I'm not saying Chief didn't try to do this. But I think what you what you have to do, one, yeah, you can't throw out the entire system because a handful of players don't, don't want to play it. You also can't use the excuse as a coach and say, well, these, the roster doesn't fit my style. That may be true, but you still have a job to do, right? I agree. Yeah, if we're going to put that on the player, 
you have to be able to change as well. Yeah, so how do you get, it's like a teacher, you got 30 kids or 25 kids or 20 kids in a classroom, they don't all learn the same way, yet you have the same material you're trying to teach them. So how do you get through to that specific person? You that put some in the, the blue reading group, and you put some in the orange okay, reading group. Marsh, you know, I got dropped from the blue reading group to the orange reading group when I was in first grade, and uh, Marsh has not let me forget forget well, about I'm it. I'm sure well, they were the equal groups. They yeah, weren't fifty fifty. They weren't the blue reading group. They could read the orange reading group. They couldn't. C spot. Yeah. C spot run. Exactly. Anyways. Run spot. Now I'm on the radio, and I still can't read. So. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. <laughs> can't read. Anyways, if you're <laughs> if you're a coach, I see this picture. I'm pretty sure I know what this article is about. Yeah. <laughs> Mahaba. Blue's angry. <laughs> hey, you don't see those blue reading group kids digging into yeah, what are the they doing now? And the uh, wee and doctors. The and... If we could really dig in, I would love to be able to do this. Maybe that's yeah. what Facebook is uh, of digging in of all like the smartest kids that you went to school with. We're mm-hmm. just like, man, this kid's going somewhere. Sure. They on the radio, Anthony? No. Yeah. They're, no, uh, they're doctors. They're lawyers. Yeah, boring. <laughs> <laughs> you don't see them breaking this stuff down. <laughs> they're only the bedrock of our community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. laughing at work, are you? <laughs> Having a good time? No, they're saving lives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your, oh, your job allows other people to be able to do that? Oh, that's, that's great. Nice. That's good that for you. Something. Blue reading group snob. Well, uh, all right, but what if we found out what the oranges were doing <laughs> other than time? <laughs> the orange, they went from reading in the orange group to wearing it. <laughs> You made it, Anthony. The Blue Reading Group is defending him now. <laughs> I remember you. Kids, I always thought you'd kids wind work up hard here. in school. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Anyways, I don't know where we're at. We got another mic drop. All right, well, let's get to that mic drop on the other side. Uh, talking about Cairo. We'll hear from Tony and Edward and. Boy, I don't know what direction we'll take, but uh, it'll be fun. Yeah, we'll talk about cardinal position players at some point. At also. some point, we got a whole hour to go. Maybe. So, anyways, BT and for Jamie, it's a fast lane. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, look, if we want to read too much into what Kairou said, that doesn't come off good for him. And if he really is the kind of guy that's just looking out for himself, it really sucks that Bobby Bortz isn't around anymore because somebody needs to take him to the garden. <laughs> nice. That was Ben who left us a mic drop on the whole Kairou comment situation. If, uh, if you missed it, maybe you just hop in the car like, what did Kairou say? I always hate that, by the way, B2. It's like, oh, we're, we're, we're reacting to the Kairou comments. You know what he said. If you... I don't. Tell well, me. Tell, you tell him what he said there. Because he had a lot to say when he, he was asked about did. Craig Berube and the <sighs> fact that he was, I don't know why they always call it relieved of their duties, where it's like mm. Craig's like, what a relief. Right. I am. Well, that was a lot with yeah. those guys. But what did he say when he was asked? Jeremy Anthony? Rutherford, our Blues Insider with the No, athlete. I want to know what, what Kairou said. Not Jeremy Rutherford. Tweeting out what Kairou said on the relationship with Berube. Mm. Love JR. Quote, I've got no comment. He's not my coach anymore. What? I like how you put the I emphasis on yeah. my now. Yep. Yeah. 
It's a and me thing. Normally, if uh, if you read it that way, that word is in italics. It's not. Right. No, it is now, though. I added that. He's mm-hmm. not my coach anymore. I got a feeling that somebody that wanted to dig into this a little bit deeper, mm-hmm. somebody that's in a, I don't know, a blue reading group, yeah. could probably come up with a very mm-hmm. good article synopsis sure I think jr's next piece probably what does my team look like this is what jordan Cairo. this is how they say uh, bt going to the air comfort service tax line at 314-399-9646 uh interesting comment that yes. you and i also dove in even more on sure did right words matter mm-hmm. so this is a good one from the 618 and i i totally understand where they're coming from here says i get all the banter but maybe we shouldn't drive the fan base completely against the guy who we are stuck with for the next handful of years now a couple of things all right one jordan kairu is a young talented player that the blues deemed worthy of giving him an eight-year 64 million dollar contract which by the way he's got seven years of it after this year yeah it's a long time Sure. Okay, so that was a very well thought. I was like, maybe we should think about the player. Now yeah. realize, you also said the word "stuck with" uh, <laughs> for, for the next for the next handful of years. But so this is where. It, and by the way, it, it, who cares what we have to say? You oh, make your own. Of course, you can draw your own conclusions and on it. Look, he's got a chance to. Jordan Cairo does. He's got a chance to rewrite this in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. One, he can come out and clarify his statements because I've never wanted to tell someone to shut up more that simply said no comment than right now. Oh, like wow. like no comment, shut up. Like no but say something. Like yeah. do do something where it just you just come off looking okay. Yeah. But maybe it was innocent enough. It doesn't feel like it was. I feel like we felt the back and forth throughout the tenure between these two, mm-hmm. but uh, whatever. But he's got a chance to he could change that with his words or he can change that with his play. Yeah. And we're going to find out. We, we laid out the numbers, where he's at in points, where he's at in goals. Ain't anywhere near that. That's a lot of scrolling, Anthony. I was here an hour early. You know what I was doing that hour? You're I was scrolling. scrolling. Yeah, to and see to, where Kyrou ranked. I'm like, yeah. oh. And I got to like 150th in goals. I'm like, damn it, I missed him. And I went back I was about to say, did you do the thing yeah. where you're like, like no, there's no way. Him. Yeah. No, but it was 196th. Did you use the old uh, Control F? I'm sorry? Control F. What's that? Search. No, that would be search. It's a little search mm. bar, and you type in things. What's well, Control yeah, F? Control F is a, it's yeah. called a shortcut. Mm-hmm. Control F. It'll bring up the search bar for you. You type mm-hmm. in Cairo. Can I do no, that on an iPad? It's not new. Can I Control uh, F on an iPad? Uh, well, yeah, if you have the, uh, the iPad. I got a keyboard. I'm sure. You have a keyboard. Right, yeah, yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, Control yes. F on, on, a, on a web page. So it just finds yeah. the word? Yeah. Well, you got to type in the word. That's what Orange Hope Reading control, Group kids yeah. do when they're when they're trying to yeah, look since, things up to write papers. Well, because since we can't read, we got to be able to Team Orange, Anthony, figure because, it out some mm-hmm. other way. And you know, back to the some people not listening and not hearing the Jordan Cairo comments. Probably the Blue Reading Group who you know were working and sure. weren't able to to see what the comments were. Anthony, yeah, no Control sure. F on the iPad here. Oh, sorry, it's not buddy. working. No Control F. No, it's are Control F here. Oh, I'm sorry, it's not buddy. Working. Now, are you on a web page? Are you on yeah. like no? Okay. I'm on MLB.com. Okay. Mm. Well, click I, on an article. What do you think I was on? I, I don't know. Yeah, if you go to like the athletic pretty pictures, I've never seen your never seen your search it's history. Clean. Yeah. Well, the iPad is at least it's work issue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, why Wait, don't we hear from Tony? Hold on, hold on. On oh. Apple stuff, it says hit the Command F combination, which is embedded keyboard shortcut for search. Wait, hit Command F. That's definitely hold on, a hold on. Blue Command game. F. God damn! Got it. 
Hold on. All right, so who do I want to look up? Give me a name. Oh, Give me Tani. a baseball name. Ah, so, uh, that's easy, but let's do it. God bless. Yeah. That's there. Yeah. You can even. Do they, do they got, uh, do they got that's arrows? That's from the 314. That's life-changing. Nice job, 314. You know how many times I'm do, like doing a game somewhere, and oh, I'm, like, I'm, You're referencing, searching through. I'm referencing, like, I'm thinking, like, I read this. Where is it? Yeah. I can just command F it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's going right here. Command F. Now, knowing you as I do, BT, you'll forget where to put that, where where that note is. Yeah. I actually got here to work, and I went to write some notes, uh-huh. and I didn't have a notebook. I had to storm the closet here. Mm. The, uh, BT, BT takes outstanding notes. He just, when he goes back and reads it, he can't read it, or mm. he doesn't remember where he wrote it. I've done that a lot. The whole write a note, look down, mm-hmm. and be like, whoa. I don't even know what I was going to ask. Have you, you've been in the industry a long time, watching some of these, uh, like, journalists write down their notes. Oh, it's insane. I'll watch some guys write down their notes, like uh, Derek Gould, Ben Fred. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I'm looking, you don't know what that means. That's hieroglyphics. But then they, word for word, they got it. Yeah, they they just got the shorthand going. Makes no sense. Tony will make a lot of sense. Tony left us a mic drop on Jordan Kyrou's comments. I think Kyrou meant more of no comment because a lot of the backlash is the team not playing well and a lot of it's on him highest played forward you're gonna get backlash dude you're playing like a third liner you're not a top six forward right now so no comment was his opt out of him not fessing up to him playing to his ability we let go Bertuzzo but Bertuzzo needs to pop Cairo in the mouth Boy, that's that. That's that's the second, that's second one. one. That's second one on Bortuzzo. Anthony wasn't listening. Got another <laughs> hack from the Air Comfort Service text line we from the six three six. Says BT, this will also blow your mind when you're trying to move the cursor on a text message on your iPhone. Hold down the space bar, and you can drag your finger to move the cursor wherever you want. <laughs> <laughs> it works. <laughs> Anywhere. You ever try that one where you like put your finger? I'm like, God, no, I wanted it. Yeah. I wanted it somewhere else. Uh-huh. All you got to do is just just hold that down, Anthony. Wow. Hold that down. I didn't know that. BT, BT's a changed man right now. Mm. All right, Edward's got the final word on the Kyrou comments. BT will continue to work on his phone. You know, the Jordan Kyrou thing, I think, points to part of the problem. You look back with the Cardinals when they let Schilt go. It was like an old school versus new school with the whole analytics thing. Now you got Barube, who's an old-school, hard-nosed coach, and this young millennial with this eight-year contract for what I don't know, who looked pretty good, like he could maybe be worth it, but he's not being worth it. And that comment tells me all I need to know about Kairou, even if he didn't mean it that way, he didn't take the opportunity to say anything good about Barube. So that's part of the problem. And like, like someone else said, he is part of the problem. Kairou is part of the problem. So is Armstrong. We already talked about all that. But Kairou comment is a big turnoff for me, and I think it's bad. He's going to get a lot of flack for it, and he should. Go Barube. Peace out. All right, Edward, thank you for the mic drop on that. Um, He's right. In what aspect? It's not – I was thinking about how I could phrase this. Um, Phrasing is everything. Look. Command F it, Anthony. Mm. Yeah, let me search for it in my brain. No, look, he's right in that uh, that Kairu is part of the problem. Uh, all the players are. Almer, are, and I'm sure they know that too. This is this is. They're all like, what me? I mean, maybe some of them. Some of them. I had my Ooh. guy. Yeah. 
But you, the, the head coach gets fired. You're obviously that guy scored on him. That's not my job. <laughs> yeah, actually, right here, you'll see on the video. I was even. Yeah. Look how fast I am. You get. You're part of the problem. <laughs> Look what I can do. <laughs> Look over here. <laughs> this Saturday night. What was the name of the the kid on there? Look what I can do. Oh gosh, I what is his I don't name? remember that. Somebody sounds like Gumby. Three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. Who am I talking about? <laughs> it was like a, a good. Uh, Halloween costume this year too. I saw him pop up all over the place. The look I don't what know. I can do. I don't he's know like if I've seen around. that. He's got the mom's got him on a leash. I don't know if what? I've seen that skit. Damn it! All right. I do appreciate the one I saw. I'll I know be it's lost a, for a minute. See you guys. I know it's a little bit older, but Brad, you'll, you'll appreciate Stewart this too. Is his name. Stewart. Stewart. Uh, did you did you ever see the SNL skit where it's it's um oh uh, Matt Damon. Is the dad and one of the the SNL actresses, the mom? They're talk, they're like after Christmas is over with, and they're sitting on the couch. They're like, "This is the best Christmas ever," and they show flashbacks of how how like how much in hell they were throughout the course of the day, and including him talking about how uh, she was like, "I hope you weren't uh, up too late putting that 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 play set together." And they show him like kicking the kicking the toys and like I throwing in stuff. That one. It's if you're a parent, especially of a young kid. They they nailed it because at the end of the day you're like wow this was really nice of course you're hammered because you had to get yeah. through the day oh, of course it was awful because of everything you did I the night before it was it's funny what was the one too with Michael Myers Michael Myers where Mike Myers whatever uh, where he is the uh, he's like chained to not chained but like they, they have him like he's got his vest on and he's like he's trying to run away but he keeps pulling back from oh, like yeah. is it the, the <laughs> it's Halloween it was a hyperactive hypochondriac yes. yes. I'm a hyper hypo <laughs> that was like that was, that was that's old that was like from the, the well obviously it's Mike Myers but yeah it was, that was from the 90s that's some good stuff alright anyways do you even watch that show now by no. the I'll see the I clips I haven't seen it forever I'll see the like right. I'll, I'll run across it you know when I'm on scrolling on Instagram or something like that i'll see a clip right, but that's back to it. the real stuff yeah all right why don't we do the sports six back next maybe the questions will be one of the questions will be who's the most important position player for the we'll cardinals get to it. yeah i ain't worried about it a lot of stewards coming in look <laughs> what i can do sports six back next that's you get a question sports six back next to the fast lane we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn it's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is now. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Brad Thompson. I'm Anthony Stalter. BT filling in for Jamie Rivers. Here's Andrew Marsh with your first question. Question number one. All right, guys. From the 636, which one of these three is most valuable slash productive in sports? Is it talent, effort, or strategy? Talent. Talent, effort, or strategy. The most valuable is talent. Anthony, I could get you to go and try hard. And you did at shortstop. And what happened, Anthony? Oh, come on. I got moved to second because I didn't have the arm strength. How hard were you trying when you were reading in the blue group? I'd like to think I was trying real hard. And what happened, Anthony? I got moved to the orange group. I moved to the orange group. So effort's important, (laughs) right? It's a big thing, Uh but it's not as important as just talent. That kid in the blue group that just came out of the womb reading Charles Dickens. Yeah. Okay? Like, Yeah. Yes, it happens. We get it. You're smart. Yeah. 
talent is number one. I would say effort two, and then you learn strategy with those. In what, that order, Anthony. Show those dogs. What if I what if I took out effort and put in trustworthy? Trustworthy? I'm yeah. going talent first, trustworthy second, strategy last. What talent if, is always first. What if there is an extremely trustworthy player? Oh, good. So, so like we have that, a Labrador retriever. No, no, that, that, that includes effort. That includes, um, you know, reliable. You're encompassing things. But trust, uh, that's what I'm trying a to. a complete player now. I'm, I'm trying to put I'm trying to put it all in one nice little basket for okay. you. All right. So he, he's reliable, trustworthy. He's he's going to, you know, be a good teammate and all that. Trustworthy. Yeah, he's, he's a black lab. Sure. <laughs> that's what he is. There you go. Maybe a golden. And he's got uh, average to above average skill. But then you've got elite skill, but he's not trustworthy at all. Which player do I want? Yeah. It depends on my team. It depends what I have around him, Okay, so to be totally a, honest. So if it's a bad team, you'll take the talent. Or if it's a bad team, I might actually take the, uh, the other guy that can teach everybody else how to be good players. I might be more inclined on a good team to take a flyer on the extremely talented guy that I think that we can whip into shape. Hmm. Obviously, you want the most trustworthy and talented player. I'd like to hit the trifecta. But uh, I think I would lean more toward the trustworthy, reliable, and above average skill set player over the well, immensely talented but not trustworthy. Anthony, I will say that in fairness, you broke a rule there. You did add in a category that wasn't one of the three things. But you, I you threw it in, back to you. But you threw in the, hey, I'd like him to be talented and uh, give effort and then have an above average skill set. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marshy, did you say above average skill set is one of these? No, that was not one of the three. I'll have the court. I'm just saying, guys. Can't just say. I appreciate you your write-in vote, but that's from Marshy. Where are you going with this? Sorry, what, what were we that's saying? That's from our guy Simon Sinek. The Marines look for that. That's oh, why, yes. That's no, why I that's changed it call, up. Actually, that you is know? a really good. Call. Figured you and I would be on the same Want same say there because yes. we're we're all about our guy Simon Sinek. Right, but here's what I'm going to do. Okay, right now, and, and this is totally different than my life. Mm-hmm. If I am an evaluator right now, and this is what evaluators do, I am going to take the kid that throws a hundred. Over the guy that throws 88 and puts it where he wants to right now. Because I believe that I can teach the guy that throws what? 100 to pitch. Now, is You're he going to be... You're into the same trap that I you... I know I am! <laughs> you just said it two segments ago! About the whole throwing a, hun- a hundo, not knowing where it's going. Talking I, about the spin rate. I didn't say I was going to stop there. I said I was going to teach him. If I'm just taking two pieces of uh, material, okay, clay, and this one, man, this is shaped all right. Like this is that, that looks like something that, that could be art. That that is, you know what? It is art. You look over here. It's like, man, that's a that's a lump of clay. Boy, it's a lot of it. I can do a lot mm. with this. I might be inclined to trust myself and trust my people. Got to have the right coaches around to make this piece of clay into a masterpiece, a sculpture. I don't even, mm. I don't even David, know. I don't even know you who will. you are mm. anymore. Go ahead, Marsh. Spin rate. <laughs> Question number two. From the 314, top five characteristics that cause St. Louis sports fans to turn on a prospect. What would those be? Just uh, Let's make it a three. Tell me five. All right. Uh, making money. <laughs> Overhyped Anthony. by no, oh, no. You can go five now, Anthony. You're you're on the right track. Go do your thing. Making money, even if it's even if it's just perception. Overhyped by the media. Everything's overhyped. Slash overhyped by the organization. Right. And then not performing at a Hall of Fame level. Yes. What else? 
That's it. Oh, oh, um, I'll give you another one. And not mm. just this is in St. Louis. This is everywhere. Um, athletes that talk too much. Mm. Like, just shut up and play. That, that's a good one. But then mm. when somebody says, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> he won't say anything. He's a coward. Context matters. <laughs> what about injuries? Uh, Not being yeah, available. It, the, the true. But if I'm going, like, top three, that's my order. You're making money. Like, you're making good money. Right, I don't make that much money in my job. That's sin number one. Yeah. Okay. Sin Get number that. two would be you were overhyped by the team or the media, even if we didn't overhype and we just said, yeah, you know what? The Cardinals or, like them. Or, or even or, if you're saying what national media yes, is saying. saying hey, they way. say this is one of the top prospects some, in all of baseball. Brad, for some reason, that information goes through the old ear hole and mm. into the brain and it bounces around in there and somehow it comes out the other side saying, <sighs> you said he was going to be a god. So that, that's the problem because no, you, you have uh, you have have a historical context you say you hear that you think albert you don't look like albert in your first year right that's the problem we have a comp yeah. for it it's like oh you're not that but that that's damn brad it. thompson on that 101 espn mm-hmm. show yeah. said he was going to be albert no so he no, didn't. I didn't say albert mm-hmm. no said he's a very talented prospect and yeah. you should be excited about him right but they heard albert well, Corbin Carroll's doing this. Corbin Carroll's had a great year. Yeah. Oh, that's a good really one. If somebody, if somebody else in another, oh, another organization. Ah. Yeah. Why don't we draft that guy? Yeah. Or, or or when you trade him away and he's an all-star somewhere else. Right. Or. I hate that. <laughs> I don't they, want to see that again. They get traded here, don't perform when, when somebody else that you already had is performing. Yes. Yeah. I think we covered him. I think so, too. Question number three. Send yours in, too, if you have any add ons <laughs> All right, guys. We have a text from the 314. Good afternoon. I need Anthony's opinion. Ooh. Which trio was Ooh. better? Warner, Falk, Bruce? Hold on. Warner. You know I was in the orange greeting group here. Warner, Falk, and Bruce? You sounded mm-hmm. out, big guy. Thank you. Bruce. Bruce. It's not two O's. Or <laughs> Young, Rice, Waters. Or Ricky Waters. Waters. Uh, Warner, Falk, Bruce. I agree. Yeah. It's honestly not even close. And the key there is Falk. What if it was, is the key Falk? Or yeah. what if it was uh, Montana instead of Young? Even that, well, then it would be, you still don't have a Falk in that offense. Uh, I got to I gotta go Warner, Falk, Bruce. And I, I promise you, I'm not placating to the, to the oh, fans you're here. You're not mm. Homer, Anthony. I, the... The reason why the greatest show on turf will not be duplicated, you'll see different versions. Like, you'll see really good offenses. But the reason why you won't see that offense again is because there is no Marshall Falk. Mm. The guy was just an absolute weapon. Now it's like, we got to take you off the field, Derrick mm. Henry. Put the the guy that can catch out mm. there. Spears. Falk could do everything. Everything. So Warren Falk Bruce for me. What about you, BT? No, I would agree with Same. you. Same. I, I absolutely Same. agree. I was just laughing because I, I saw a text here from the 636, which I appreciate. They've been uh, yeah, texting in throughout the day. But uh, mentioned Kairou again and uh, saying he's got over a million hits on JR's tweet, which is impressive, by the way. There you go, uh, JR. Said, but then he said, talk about that. That's the story. That's all we've been talking about most of the show. Oh, oh they're telling us to talk yeah. about it? Yeah, <laughs> we will. And we keep your mind drops rolling in. Maybe those will be next again. You know, this is a time, so I do want to pause on that. We have been talking about it for an hour and a half now. But it is the news. But it is the news. We've been talking about it for an hour. But you may have just stopped in your car. So 
But also then, if you're, if if that is the case, you're like, oh man, he's right. I just hopped into my car. Like, pause a second and say, Anthony, quit touching your microphone. Mm, pause a second and I say, you know what? Again. Maybe these guys. Yeah. Maybe these guys have been talking about. Some like punched me in the face. Maybe these guys been talking about. Real quick, did you just touch your microphone and then it went from six to midnight? Yeah, I think just popped. That is impressive. Mm -hmm. Look at that. Doesn't take that much. Hey, in an instant too. (laughs) You know? How about that? Doesn't take much. Didn't stay there, but. Mm. (laughs) Ah, you know. Sometimes you have to adjust, BT. Pretty impressive. Yeah, thank you. Question number four. From the 217, if the NFL or (laughs) NHL did not have a salary cap, who do you think would be the Dodgers, Padres, and who do you think would be the Pirates and Reds? Uh, The NFL didn't have a salary cap. The Cowboys would be the team that spent all the money. Okay, so yeah, if the NFL didn't have a salary cap, NFL and NHL. Yeah, Cowboys, great call. Cowboys would spend a ton. I think San Francisco would be able to spend. Probably. By the way, speaking of that, real quick, uh, on the last one, Anthony, picking between Walker, Falk, and Bruce, and Young, Rice, and uh, Waters, Uh uh, we did get a text that said, I thank Anthony for not placating to the Bay Area. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Uh, Yeah, so you'd see a lot of the same, same teams, honestly, you know, the bigger markets, but Dallas for sure. Dallas, San Francisco, Philly would be able to spend a lot. Rams. Um, the Rams, unfortunately, yes. The the the, uh, the Pirates and those. I'll give you one that might might be surprising. Because Steelers. The Steelers, I think, would somehow figure out how to be the Tampa Bay Rays. No, I think the Steelers would be the Cardinals. That's a good call. Or green, you know, like Green Bay. I think yeah. could be similar. But there is another big market team. That would absolutely 100% be in that Pirates range. Big market, huh? It's a, big, Wait, it's a bigger range? market, yeah. In Ooh. the NFL, you wouldn't think it because they're in a bigger market, but their ownership group is cheap. Cheap, and if you're cheap a fan, or not If not you're rich. a fan, if you're a f- cheap. Oh, the Patriots. Nope. Mm. If you're a fan of this team, you're screaming at your radio right now, you know. It's not the Raiders. Cheap organization. Oh, the Bears. The Bears. Yeah. The Bears are a cheap organization. Some call it frugal. Frugal organization. (laughs) Some call it thrifty. (laughs) They'd be like, where's a, what's the floor? Oh, we, oh, there is no floor? Okay. We'll make it. (laughs) (laughs) We are, we will be the floor. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's your sports four pack here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Biggest question of the day. Next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. All right, time for the biggest question of the day here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. With Brad Thompson filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. What do you got, Marsh? All right, I know people are waiting on pins and needles because we teased this over an hour ago. <laughs> and we're finally getting to it. Yes. Who is the most important positional player for the cards heading into 2024? Anthony. Yes. I don't like to do this. What? All right. I don't like to override things. That's not the biggest question of the day. What? What? That's not even close to the biggest question of the day. Well, we better answer it. Do we have to? No, we don't have to. No. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. Oh, we what can. Is, what is the biggest question? On the count of, of three. 
Who is? Who are you gonna pick? Let's get into that real quick. Mm. Okay. Or who are you gonna pick? Uh, most uh, most important position player, huh? Yeah. Go ahead. Whoever you, whoever Jordan you Walker. Jordan Walker is a great one. Yeah. It's a great you. decision. Impact okay. bat. A guy that you expect to be. The guys that we were just talking about a little bit ago. Absolutely. He's supposed to be the next Albert. He's supposed to be the guy. What? No. It's Albert all the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great one. Thank you. Uh, I will pick quickly before we get to the real biggest question of the day. Uh, I will pick uh, the catching position. That's I'm not a position a player. Okay. Contrera. <laughs> <laughs> Ivan Contreras. <laughs> I'm, I'm going. I'm going the catching position. I'm going yeah. Contreras Herrera. I'm very and, and Walker is a great answer. Gorman could be the answer too. Mm-hmm. But I am. Uh, I'm really excited to see what that combination behind the plate is going to look like. You know the offensive firepower that Contreras has. Believe in what we're seeing here offensively and defensively from Herrera. I think that combination is going to be really important moving forward. Yeah. It's great that they have a veteran pitching staff that's going to help them out. I think a lot fell at the feet of Contreras that some of it was not on him mm-hmm. because uh, the pitching was, what's the word I'm looking for? Bad. It was bad Man, I could. last year. And fortunately, there's facts to back that up. <laughs> um, but I think that that is going to be interesting. Now, the biggest question of the day, mm. Marshy. Yeah, have you guys talked about Jordan Cairo yet? His <laughs> comments regarding Craig Berube? What comments made by Jordan Cairo on Craig Berube? Well, real quick, I do have those those comments. And what do you got? There was mm. a tweet earlier from uh, Jeremy Rothford that had those comments. By the way, that tweet has over Give a million. It was it over a million what? Yeah. Uh, retweets? Or views. Not, not retweets, views? Yeah, views. It's a lot of views. That's got to be money mm. for JR, right? Don't you no. get monetized at some point? No. When does that happen? Never. I mean, with those kind of numbers, JR should start an OnlyFans or something. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's where reporters are doing things, right? Like they're out there, like showing That's you the news. Ex- yeah. Exactly. Like, That's exactly what yep. they're doing. This is what's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, artistic um, news. Yes. Uh huh. Kairu said when asked about Greg Ruby being relieved, I've got no comment. He's not my coach anymore. Mm. Is my italicized? Uh, the way that you said it, yeah. it, it absolutely was. So that was uh, that was the comments. Here's my question, though, and it might not be the biggest question, but here's my question to you guys: If you are Drew Bannister, you're coming in now. You know what apparently was not working for Craig Berube. What are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like in some of the things, and I thought he came off very well with the media. And again, as we talked about, if you're just jumping in the car, I'm very pro Craig Berube, uh, anti this move. Don't like it. Yeah, same. But but it happens. Move so. happened, right? Yeah. It's done. What's done is done. Um, if you're Drew Bannister and you want everybody to compete and you want everybody to play hard, like how are you going to get it out of this group? When Craig Berube couldn't, what tactics are you going to use to get to Jordan Cairo mm-hmm. and to get to these other guys that weren't getting to their games that Craig Berube wasn't doing? Even if, Anthony, even if you are like-minded and you think like Craig Berube, you, I don't think you can. I don't think right. that you can just come in with this same exact message, Anthony. How Maybe are right. you doing it? So I would take a step back and, and look at the situation and understand that Craig Berube earned earn the reputation in that locker room because he he won a Stanley Cup. So knowing that, not saying that Craig Berube was stubborn, but maybe there 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 was some stubbornness to what he was telling his players and and the system and the approach and all that. So you say, "All right, if that's true, 
Because Craig Ruby, not that he would do this, but maybe you think, ah, I want, I want, I want a Stanley Cup. We're sticking with, we're sticking with this, and he's not flexible. I'd be the opposite for for a little while. I would be flexible. I would listen. I'm Drew Bannister. I have not earned the opportunity to come in and just say, hey, look, this is what we're doing. Bottom line. So you get with Cairo, you get with Thomas, you get with some of these players that that you feel are under underperforming, and then you talk to them and say, okay. What do you think? Yeah. Get their investment into it. Yeah. Put, and then put your arm that. around somebody yeah. and just be like, hey, how do we fix Even this? Even if you believe like, no, Baruby had the right approach and this is how you win hockey games and there's just some things you have to do, like, I don't know, play defense. Even even all that, you have to get the player to buy in. What a stupid comment. And you have to you have to get play defense. You have to get the player BT to buy, to buy in quickly, because you don't have a lot of time if you're Drew Branster. The other thing I would do is, okay, what's most urgent? And the most urgent thing is you got to fix you got to fix the special teams. You got to fix the power play. So, that's one like system aspect to it. I got to fix this power play and I'm not smart enough to to understand what's wrong with the power play, but I'm sure he is. I got to fix that cuz that's what's most urgent. And then I also need to talk to the players, sit down, get their buy-in. And that you start you start by understanding what how to get them invested. Is a lot of that too because you're talking about having some of these conversations. I think that some of the biggest conversations with him might be regarding, and maybe this is this is Shan, it's Binner, it's some of the veteran guys maybe yeah. that have been around a little bit longer. Uh, and you ask, hey, like I haven't been here, okay? Mm-hmm. Tell me how it went wrong. Yeah. Tell me how, in your opinion, the you know that that voice was lost or, sure. or how do I get this guy's ear? How, how does it make them tick? Because when you do that with your veteran core, because you're coming in as a new guy and maybe these guys have a relationship with Drew Bannister that I don't know about, but you're coming in and you're trying to build trust and you're trying to do it quickly yeah. on a team that is trying to be on the fringes of the playoff and win a wild card spot. Right. So if you can build allies pretty quick with your veteran core and really trusting in them mm-hmm. and relying on them for the team's success, that's important. Like we know what those guys, what what you know, what Shen and what Bennington, what they do on the ice is big. I, I need them in the room though, yeah. and I need them to have my back, and I need them to know that I will have theirs. It's hard to build those relationships quickly, but that's the job. Honestly, BT, if we're gonna really simplify it, you go in there and you just listen for a little while. You know your why, Anthony. You know your why. You go in there and you start saying, "This is how we're gonna do it. This is how we're gonna turn it around." They're gonna look at you and say, "You haven't been here. How do you know?" Okay. But if you go in there and you listen, you might have a shot. That's one idea. Okay, it's well thought out. I, I think that the, the communication part of it was perfect. Like, I think that's great for today's athlete. But. Okay, idea number two. Uh-huh. You bag skate everybody until they puke, right? And, like, whoever gives up on you, dude, they're, they're, they're cut. They're first, first guy that, that is out, healthy scratch for a week, okay? Yeah. Second guy, you're scratched too. Mm-hmm. And un- hopefully that's not Kairou and Thomas. <laughs> or, or maybe just not Tom- Just don't be Thomas. Yeah. Kairou, it's Kairou. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's the, you coach them hard, all right? You, you, you just forget the whole carrot. You give them the stick, Anthony. You and- think that that could work? In the interim, <laughs> as long as long as as long as you do the Herb the Herb Brooks thing, again, Who are you play for again, again, yes, yeah. Yes. So they're throwing up. It's not a bad strategy. It's a strategy. It is. <laughs> what you, if, you thought so of something? Just like practice number one, and it, Drew Bannister gets there, and the first thing he does is everybody on the line. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you think they do? Do you think that anybody even moves? I think you will get at least one. I, I, 
at you. I feel like that would be a very comical way to start things, yeah. honestly, if you're taking over. It's like, all right, all the stuff you've been doing isn't working. Everybody on the line right now. Right. Guys, Again. I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally yeah. kidding. I'm joking. Boy. Hey, I'm Drew. Jeez. Really gullible, <laughs> Got huh? you guys. Got you. <laughs> let's hey, go let's, win a game. Let's win some Look games. Look huh? you, Jordan. You're really fast. Right. <laughs> Look you're, what I can do. You're... <laughs> All right, we, uh, we'll come back. We'll wrap up the show next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, you can download the podcast at 101ESPN.com. Your free 101 ESPN mobile app. All brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We had Jeremy Rutherford on early to discuss the comments made by Jordan Cairo. That's been a big topic of conversation in the back half of the show today, too, with uh, Brad Thompson, who stepped in for Jamie Rivers when he left to go downtown for the Blues and Senators. Don't forget, we've got the pregame. Six o'clock, so less than ten minutes. You go from Alex Ferrario down at Enterprise Center, Joe Vitale, and Chris Kerber ahead of tonight's uh, Blues and Senators game. I'm going to be on the lookout, Anthony, to see if I can hear if there's a new chant tonight. Oh. Rue, maybe. I doubt it. Maybe it'll sound like that. Do you think, in all seriousness, I hope not. you think he gets booed? I hope not. Yes. You think this team gets booed? Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, I can see that overall group. Yeah, but I don't think that you should be shocked if it happened. I mean, no. Do all of them deserve it? No. No. But does some need to hear maybe that boo? Yeah. Or maybe just a brewby. I don't or, think that's gonna be it. Or like a we want chief, we want know. chief. Or it'd be like for a new one for the. Uh, for the, the head coach, like Bannister, Bannister, like that. Yeah, so that. like, so like something like we want chief, we want something like that. Yeah, yeah something, right. something yeah. really uplifting. Yeah, six three six already giving them nicknames. The band man, the band man. Okay, the band man. Hmm. I don't know. It just doesn't sit right. Banter with nothing Bannister. Against Bannister. Nothing against. Yeah, that was, got the that was really segment. good. Yeah. Nothing against Drew Bannister. I just don't just doesn't feel good. Wow. Doesn't feel right. At all. Uh, change is hard, chance. Anthony. Change is very hard. Takes a while. What do we got for criticisms and compliments there, Marshy? All right. Well, uh, when BT stepped in, we had a good conversation about the orange and the blue reading group. Mm. And from the 618, orange is the new blue, fellas. That's true. Orange is the new orange blue. Orange is the new blue. Yeah, if you missed that, it was about reading levels. Um, and I don't know when you guys talked about this initially, but Anthony apparently was in an orange, uh, a blue, which was, was good. That was like group. the smart reading yeah. group. That's uh, let's just not, you know, it's not good or bad, BT. Mm. It's just the blue was at a different level. Yeah, for which sure. seemed like a better level, like a higher oh. level, like uh, sure. words mm. instead of pictures. Yeah. And then you got moved to a different group. And then we had a conversation about group. what each group is doing now. <laughs> And, uh, we, sur- we surmise yeah. that the blue reading group, uh, your doctors, your lawyers. Correct. The orange reading group, either sports radio host or uh, in prison. Yeah. yeah. Anthony was relieved of his position in the blue reading group. He's now in the orange reading group. 
I or was. Was, was in the orange reading When room. do you? Um, it's been like, a hot minute. It, was there a time that you graduated out of that where you just knew that you weren't in no. the orange reading no. group anymore? I got dropped. I think I was the only one that got dropped from blue to orange. Well, you told me you remember that day. Where it's a core memory. Oh, yeah. It, it is a core memory. It, it is, is a one core of those memory. ones where the kid yeah. uh, was across the room. Yeah, picking his nose and eating it. No. And he was like, you're over here now, Anthony. No, that's not <laughs> what happened. Somebody from the Blue Green group said, Anthony, we're over here. And I, I had my orange book, and I said, nah, I'm over here now. Teacher must have made a mistake, mm. but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it anyhow. <laughs> yeah. I don't, don't want to cause any waves. <laughs> Apparently they, apparently they want somebody from the Blue Green group to go over to the Orange Green group I think I'm teaching help, them, actually. help out. <laughs> That's why your favorite baseball team is the Giants. It had nothing to do with Will Clark. It had no. everything to do with the fact that I was their an orange colors group. are orange. I thought maybe because he wore orange, I uh, he was also an orange yeah. reading group kid. Yeah, no, you're right, Marsh. All makes sense. Uh, yep. from, from the 615, I'm in Nashville traffic and had to pull over because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was in the orange group also. Yeah. Oh, Good job. Yes, I love that. Yep. I told you, Anthony, it's a, it's a weird goal to have and a bit of a sick one. Mm. Uh, but I want to have to go visit someone in the hospital because they got into a minor <laughs> fender bender because they were laughing so hard during yeah. this show. Just a small one. And they're fine. Now, the hospital thing would tell you they're not, but it's precautionary. Mm. Right. You know, and yeah. just be like, I was laughing so hard that I had to do this. Yeah. And you go then, visit them. Then we like, make them laugh again. Hey. They pee their pants. Ah. <laughs> All right, last no one here. No pan. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine time. Uh, from the 618, oh, my gosh, true story here. I w- uh, it was only a, a traffic ticket, but the judge was an old friend from grade school. He took care of it, saved me 150 bucks. There you go, yeah. Blue Reading Group. Blue Reading Group. Judges, Judges. doctors, mm-hmm. lawyers. Yeah. Pick a big job. Blue Reading Group. <laughs> But Radio they're show host? They're all big jobs. You know? Started at blue. Went no, to orange. orange. Yeah. I'd like to think you're blue now, Anthony. Thanks. Thanks, BT. Yeah. You're wearing a blue sweatshirt. So sure, yeah. We got we blues do. hockey coming up next. We got blues hockey coming up. So you got blues centers pregame at 6 o'clock. Clash of the Titans. BT, we'll see you next week. Sounds good. All right. That's Brad Thompson for BT and Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Appreciate you listening throughout the course of the day. We'll be back at 2 Blues Hockey next. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.